All right, here we go. Jonathan Emore is joining us shortly for the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Chad Bell Show. He's on the, he'll be on the phone the first hour with us, uh, doing hitting the campaign trail, and we can't slow him down. We don't want to slow him down. We want to support him become the next senator, U.S. senator from Virginia. Uh, that's coming up along with the FCC's attempt to control the internet based on discrimination. While they discriminate against anybody who speaks the truth or is politically incorrect, but factually and constitutionally correct. That's going on. We've got uh, America's trust in scientists dropping to new lows. Oh, we got Kate Buckley on for the first time from Badlands Media. And also, uh, I don't know if you saw Dana White go off on an advertiser who, who wanted to cancel because uh, they actually spoke about some things of controversy. I want to find out what that is all about as well. Uh, House passes amendments for a gain of function stuff. But dude, there's a lot. We got questions of the day. We got comments of the day. One of the comments says we're bringing the love and Super Don wants to know what that means. We'll have to explore that too. <laughs> so stand by. The Robert Scott Bell Show is about to begin uh, right about now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, next two hours of broadcast healing brought to you by, uh, well, freedom. The freedom to have a thought that might be disputed or argued against. Uh, the freedom to believe as you believe as long as you act in ways that do not violate the rights to life, liberty, and property of anybody else. It's pretty darn simple. I think we can teach kids this. Sometimes adults have lost their way. And uh, we engage in free speech for all it's worth here on the Robert Scabell Show, especially when Jonathan E. Moore, my good, my good buddy, uh, Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour, he's coming to us on the phone line today. Uh, you guys can link through at robertscabell.com to his website, particularly the uh, emord4va.com. Uh, Jonathan E. Moore is running for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine, a collectivist Hillary Clinton lackey, who's vice president's running mate and uh, never met, uh, 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 how do I say this, a gender that he didn't believe was real other than the the, the only two that really do exist. <laughs> okay, so let, let loose on that today. Jonathan E. Moore, my friend, good to have you on. Can't see you, but we got a picture of you up and in, in, uh, in you are here. Well, that's great, Robert. I'm coming up from uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, and I had a wonderful meeting there with the Colonial Area Republican Men's Association, and they're fantastic, and we had a great uh, opportunity to meet one another, and I had a good opportunity to speak to them about all the horrors that are being visited upon this nation by Biden and Kane and all of these radicals who don't believe in the Constitution, don't believe in limits on government power and think that the government should insinuate itself into every aspect of your life. So they're all part of now our movement to save our state and save the nation from communism and from deprivation of our rights. I want to acknowledge that, uh, you know, as much as we know you and this audience knows you and appreciates and loves you, there are so many people in Virginia that have yet to, to hear of you. We don't have big pharmaceutical money or globalist advertising support. So I'm asking all of y'all that uh, know Jonathan, if you know somebody in Virginia, if you are somebody in Virginia, that you put the word out. And even if you're not in Virginia, 
that you support his efforts uh, to get into the U.S. Senate. Uh, and, you know, as I've said, it's, it, it, you know, one man is not the answer to everything. But at the same time, one man can do extraordinary things as one woman can who believes with all their heart and might in the principles, the foundational principles of this country, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, all of that. And uh, that can't be bought, that refuses to be bought no matter what, because we know that unfortunately the vast majority of those in Congress and the Senate, both parties, and and we'll hear from Matt Gates later talking about the uh, corruption that uh, prohibits them from bringing major hearings on the whole vaccine issue. But the reality is we need men and women of integrity in there. In the meantime, those of you with integrity in this audience know that uh, complying with tyrannical edicts, prohibitions and mandates from our federal government, despite the prohibition on that from the Constitution, it takes everybody being alive and standing up and defending that freedom that we believe in here. And Jonathan, you've been doing it for decades, not only just in, in who you are and what you believe, but also in the courtrooms where you've defeated the oligarchy, the FDA, FTT, FTC, maybe FCC, we'll talk about as well. And I just want to th- throw that out there for those that are new to this show and new to Jonathan Emord. Check him out, emord4va.com and learn more. Jonathan, you have a new article out. I want to get to in a little bit uh, about the the mortal threat posed by Hamas and other others. But uh, I'm very concerned about this domestic attempt by the Biden administration and many in Congress and the Senate to go turn a blind eye to uh, freedom of speech violations. Now, the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, why do we even have them? Uh, They apparently just voted to take control of the internet uh, uh, under whose authority, under what authority that can they just vote to take over the internet? You got to explain this one to all of us. Well, they have no authority to do this. It's a straight power grab. They want to control the internet because they want to be able to influence its content. There's no other reason why they want to control the internet. They want to, by their decisions, elevate the uh, far left agenda by favoring those entities that communicate it and by favoring those individuals who have an interest in communicating that message, who have interest in having an ownership in in, in uh, the media, they wanna favor them with the government control and regulation. And so what do they do? The internet was expressly kept out of the uh, Federal Communications Commission Act in order to, the Federal Communications Commission Act was designed to deal with broadcasting. That too was a mistake. My book, Freedom Technology and the First Amendment explains how you can get rid of FCC through a property rights system. But when it comes to the internet, they've eyed this for decades now. And Republican administrations have been able to fend off this and have expanded protections for the First Amendment in these areas. Now you've got Biden and his FCC taking over the internet so that they can prevent us from having free communication over the internet. And they will do it based on a bogus public interest argument that somehow by failing to have government determine who gets to access and who gets to speak, that it's hopelessly discriminatory against minority viewpoints. That's the age old justification. So they're gonna use a DEI uh, communist conception. The government must control the content and the allocation of resources through the internet 
in order to protect us from an alleged boogeyman that doesn't exist, that is discrimination against certain views and certain access to certain people based on their race or their um, ethnicity. How do they get away with this? Is it simply that Congress has abdicated its authority under the Constitution to make such regulations, even if we would argue there's no such authority, even under the Constitution, for Congress to start restricting freedom of speech on the Internet? Well, we have this whole thing, you know, as we talk about many times on the show, three quarters of all federal laws, not the product of those we elect, but is instead the product of the unelected heads of these very agencies. The FCC has always tried to expand its jurisdiction and control. Having been locked out of the whole Internet environment, they have sorely lost power because the, a free Internet environment has blossomed and has, has uh, blossomed in the absence of regulation. Now they want to subdue it. And this they've been looking at it for a long time. Now they've got the political power to do it. And uh, they have a composition of Congress sufficient to prevent Congress from stopping them because they have Democrat control of the Senate. So they're, they're going for it. They don't have any statutory foundation for this. What I suspect will happen, as has happened in so many other instances, uh, where the courts have actually been a refuge for those who want to protect free speech and individual rights and prevent government seizing power based on a violation of the separation of powers, says is here, the courts are probably going to hold it invalid. But that doesn't stop them from trying, as we know. No, it doesn't. But what's the point of, again, uh, uh, you know, the I would say a waste of time and resources. I guess they maybe they perceive they can get away with it, that the environment hasn't shifted at all, that they could just kind of vote. Uh, they, apparently a three two margin. Um, we talked about the makeup of the FCC. You've covered that as well. Uh, but they basically, you know, an unelected bureaucracy, as you point out, you know, in, in many of your books, including the rise of tyranny, that uh, they could just you know, vote themselves new powers. And it's just, it's also bizarre. We talk about the court system as well, that in many ways, when we appeal to the courts, even though there are some, you know, uh, precedent cases that have limited the power of the federal government, in many ways, it's kind of counterintuitive to say, I'm going to go to the federal government to ask it to limit its own power. Right. And it's sort of like there's a conflict of interest. Occasionally you win. And even when you do win, Jonathan, which you have more than anybody else against, like, for instance, the FDA, the FDA thumbs its nose at the court, you know, uh, decisions, which is, again, why you're running for the United States Senate to kind of put put them back in the cage or eliminate them altogether. Right. The sad reality is that the courts now are even though they're supposed to be an independent judiciary that would have a check on unconstitutional actions, uh, as Alexander Hamilton understood it, the Federalist Papers and Forward, the reality is that even when the federal courts issue their orders and well-reasoned orders on constitutional grounds, as was the case in many of my cases, eight of my cases against the FDA, the FDA just thumbs its nose at the courts. As you'll recall, Eric Blumberg, who is the assistant chief counsel of the FDA, uh, told me after the Pearson decision, he called me on the phone and he said, hi, Jonathan, I want to congratulate you on your victory 
in court. The FDA has never been defeated on First Amendment grounds, and this is a momentous decision. However, I want to tell you something else, and that is that the FDA will never, ever, ever abide by the court's order. And I said, what are you talking about? This is a final and binding order. You appealed to the whole court and the whole court ruled 11-0 in my favor. And the Solicitor General refused to appeal it, despite your request, to the Supreme Court. So it's final and binding on you. And he said, you don't understand the allocation of power in Washington, Jonathan. The FDA has more power. And so because of that, it will do what it wants. And I'm telling you, it will never, ever implement the Pearson decision. So this is the hubris. This is the arrogance of power. This is why, you know, it was a terrible mistake to create the administrative state, why it's unconstitutional from the get-go, and why its actions are unconstitutional so often. And that's what's happening here. These people know it's unconstitutional. It's not that the three Democrats on the five members Federal Communications Commission are oblivious to the fact that they're violating the Constitution. They know they are, but they don't care. They don't care because they have the power to do it in the first instance. And so they will, and they will fight for it, and they'll try to keep it, even though they know it's unconstitutional. How how, how many people do you perceive, and I like to say it this way, when you get into the U.S. Senate, know about the, I mean, overtly know about, not just sort of I suspect it, but I mean, the willingness to flaunt even judicial, you know, precedent, uh, you know, against the oligarchy, against the FCC, FTC, FDA, etc. Do you do you have a sense other than a, a handful of people that you would be in the Senate with uh, know the depth or even a superficial have a superficial knowledge of the working knowledge of how this has really gone off the rails constitutionally? Well, unfortunately, there is no other uh, member of Congress who will have had the experience in fighting agencies, doing discovery against them, and understanding them intimately from that over a course of 38 years. There is no other member of Congress with that resume. However, there are several members of Congress, nowhere near a majority, who do appreciate the threat, at least academically, and many of them a little more than that because they've had constituents harmed or they've had uh, interactions with the agency based on hearings and so on. So Mike Lee, Rand Paul, uh, Jim Jordan in the House, uh, maybe a few others, not Thomas too Massey, many more. Massey is interesting in that regard. Yes, Thomas yeah. Massey. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. From Virginia. Yep. Thomas Massey in the house. Yeah. So there are a few. So, I mean, Burton has said uh, to me, Dan Burton, former member of Congress, head of the Government Oversight Reform Committee while he was there. Um, he said, you need to be the constitutional conscience of the court of the of the Congress because you can explain to other members based on your own detailed history of working with the agencies why the administrative state poses such a threat to the survival of our country 
person is such a threat to the rule of law. And I can help reform the two-tiered system of justice back to equal justice under law mm-hmm. in large measure because I know what to do. So I wrote the legislation for, for Ron Paul, which I would reintroduce, that's called the Congressional Responsibility and Accountability Act. And what that would do is neuter the administrative state and restore the separation of powers in one simple move. It makes every agency proposed regulation have no force or effect in law until adopted by Congress, restoring the separation of powers and congressional control over all law. Because in Article 1, Section 1 of the Constitution, that's called the vesting clause for Congress, the exclusive power to make law is given Congress, nobody else. And under the founders' non-delegation doctrine, it was never to be ceded away to an outside institution like the bureaucratic administrative state. Yet it was in a, in a flagrant violation of the Constitution that has had the most draconian consequences for individual rights and business and free enterprise in America than anything else. What would you say to those folks to get them uh, perhaps to, to, how would we say it? I mean, many of them, even if they mean well, they're doing things that aren't working, if you will. If, if your intent is to reduce the size and scope of the federal government, we haven't seen a lot of successes over the last decades, in fact, no matter which party was in office. And I don't mean it's from a lack of trying you know, with some level of integrity from some of them. But I feel like, you know, they're trying to do the same thing over and over again and not not realizing that they're not going to get a different result. And, you know, you have proven through your track record, you said 38 years of taking on the oligarchy that, you know, and, and especially with uh, the insights that Ron Paul had and what you've done as well to contribute when he was in the House to provide legislation. The other aspect of this is how do you sunset the existing regulations as well? I mean, is there a way in that uh, another clause within a, a, a law that you would propose that would not only stop this from happening from this moment forward, but to start taking and, uh, and dismantling all that which is unconstitutional preceding it? Yeah, part of the legislation that I'm talking about would include a sunset provision that would make every existing regulation disappear within three years unless passed in the law by Congress, forcing Congress to evaluate the regulations and likely leading to a substantial reduction in regulation because a lot of this stuff is regulatory overgrowth and overreach that is outrageously harmful to the marketplace and to economic opportunity in America. Most of it is uh, protectionism. Most of it is industry influenced and sponsored regulation that creates barriers to market entry and costs every single American more money for products in the grocery store and everywhere. And it also what it does is it plays favorites. So it protects the big guys, hurts the little guys and doesn't uh, allow for as much innovation as we could have. I mean, we can have the greatest economy in the world and the greatest economy we have ever had if we knock all this out. I think uh, the point to be made is that we are very near the end of our rope. Our country has but a few years left before it will be 
hopelessly lost if the direction it's currently taking is not fundamentally changed. So I believe that the time is ripe. I remember I wrote a bill called the Access to Medical Treatment Act for Ron Paul. And that's some 20 years ago, Robert, 20, 25 years ago. And that bill, would he would put it into the hopper every single term and it would die in committee and never went to the floor. And yet he, he you know, fought for it, pushed for it, but it just never happened. Well, you know what? When he left Congress, he gave that bill to his son, Ron Rand Paul, mm-hmm. and Rand Paul introduced it as the Right to Try Act, and he brilliantly uh, went to President Trump rather than the committee chairs to try to get Trump to jump past the committee chairs and make it a national issue, and Trump did. Trump kept it to close to the vest, and then he announced suddenly to the horror of all these lobbyists for big pharma mm-hmm. and for the committee chairs who protect them that in his state of the union address that he expected that to be immediately passed to ensure that people who were denied access to medical treatment with terminal illnesses would get immediate access to clinical trials and get drugs that they were otherwise not available to them because of the FDA and that thing passed so you know 25 years before I wrote it for Ron Paul. Ron Paul. Yeah. Then, then all those years go by and it's passed. Now, what was the ingredient? Why did it change? It's because when you leapfrog beyond uh, uh, the Beltway into the world that really exists, the rest of the country, and you take your legislation, you don't just throw it into the hopper, but you campaign for it nationally, mm-hmm. and you use every instrumentality you have to encourage people who are like us believe in the constitution and believe in government limits on constitutional limits on government power and believe in individual rights. And you argue to them and a majority of them will come to the rescue and all these squishy members of Congress who fear retaliation from their constituents will fall into line. That's how the economic recovery tax act was passed. That's how Trump uh, passed the right to try act. That's how the, uh, although I didn't agree with every aspect of it, the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act was passed. This is how it's done, and that's what I'll do. This is, uh, again, a, a strategy. If we talk about learning from history, the things that actually work and succeed, as opposed to ignoring history and just barreling forward with things that obviously doomed to fail and you're pointing out a difference a distinction here that when you have something you're promoting that you just as you point out don't throw it out in paper and go here everybody read it we hope it gets a vote but you take it to the people or if you have a president that's sympathetic or supportive of it you take it there and you and you've got that so-called full court press i remember back when the dshea the dietary supplement health and education act was being debated and again i acknowledge the the faults with it. It's not perfect. And you warned about it, but it it was still some carve out so that they couldn't totally eliminate dietary supplements for the people in America that wanted them. And there was such a groundswell. They talk about that historically as more people, I think at that time wrote letters and faxed and maybe called because we didn't have email back then uh, wrote in to their congressmen or senators about this issue than anything since Vietnam. And so it was, you know, no matter how much the lobbyists tried to push against it from big pharma, they couldn't over they couldn't overcome that. And you have the capacity. This is what I'm bragging on you 
to elucidate with clarity, simplicity, and passion why these things need to happen in the way that you're proposing them as opposed to, well, this sounds good. I'll throw it out there and see what happens. And I think that you will empower these others that are very much in favor of the things you talk about, but you have more knowledge and experience in dealing with it. So I I really perceive the benefit to our whole country having you in the United States Senate. This is why I implore uh, our audience, my audience, you guys and gals out there to find a way to support Jonathan E. Mord directly and indirectly, however, but let people know about him because once they learn about him, they're like, oh yeah, we definitely need Jonathan E. Mord in the U.S. Senate. Uh, So that's my commercial for you, unpaid for, because I don't need anything, but this is my donation to help out. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate that, Robert. I should say that, um, as I say to many, many, many audiences across the state have said for six months, seven months now, these changes that I'm talking about making to restore constitutional limits on government power, to reduce the size and scope of the government, to cut taxes so that we have a flat 10% tax that only kicks in when you make $100,000 or more, and to end the regulatory state and diminish the uh, substantially the regulations that affect production of oil and gas so we have energy independence again, $2 a gallon gas, and become an energy exporter again. These types of changes are not an option. They are a necessity if we are to survive and if our constitutional republic is to survive. If you don't want your children to be slaves to the state, if you don't want yourself to be in a situation where you don't have upward economic mobility, where you're absolutely drowning in inflation and you can't even afford to pay the price of gas to drive to work, Uh, This is where we're heading in spades because of these outrageous, overreaching policies that are destroying the marketplace and taking our rights so that they can have more power, so that they can rule without opposition, so that they can censor free speech, so that they can end the whole concept of a republic and replace it overnight with a system in which they have no political opposition of any materiality and have total control all the way down to the most basic uh, economic units in our society. If you want to see that, do nothing. Let them go. If instead you want a world where your children are free, where their rights are protected, where they have economic opportunity, where they can be proud of doing something themselves and have ownership of it, where they can have a Second Amendment right that ensures they can defend themselves against any violation of their rights where their lives and liberties are at stake, then we have to act now. We have to change the direction. And we've got to do it not because, again, we view it as an option. It is not an option. It is a necessity. In Congress, we got another guy that's doing some interesting work, along with Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates. Uh, what he and we've got a, a video clip. You'll be able to hear it, Jonathan, in a moment. But he claims Big Pharma is preventing his colleagues from investigating 
uh, the vaccines, particularly since, you know, the COVID debacle, COVID shot debacle and uh, calling out everybody, Republican or Democrat, which is what needs to be in terms of this is a nonpartisan issue. This is an issue of the freedom of the people to be left alone, that you, you wouldn't mandate medical in- interventions, even if they work, because we respect the right to life, liberty and property and bodily autonomy. Uh, so, uh, Super Don, if you can play that clip of Gates, it was pretty, pretty direct what he said. I would like everybody to see it and hear it. A reasonable person watching this hearing might wonder why this is a field hearing being chaired by Congresswoman Green rather than a hearing held by the House or the Senate with one of our standing committees. And I believe that reason is because far too many members of those committees obtain those committee seats because they are bought and paid for by Big Pharma. And if you go look at the people who lead these positions in the House and Senate and you line up the money they get from big pharma lobbyists and big pharma PACs, it is pretty easy to see why we are here. So I I believe that we are just the beginning of following up on these 60 oversight requests sent by Senator Johnson. And that is what our committees ought to be doing. They should be going line by line through the requests that Senator Johnson and others have laid out, and we should be answering those questions. And it's deeply, though I'm very grateful to Congresswoman Green for leading this, it is indicative of how high the hill is for us to climb to get the truth. And he's referencing Senator Ron Johnson out of Wyoming, another good guy on this issue who is holding hearings all the while being shouted down as an anti-vaxxer just because he dared to acknowledge that people were being injured, harmed and even killed by this. And, you know, this goes to the heart of the difficulty uh, going into the Congress. Even the, the people are trying to do good things. They can't even get a hearing because of the money flowing into the coffers of those both Democrats and Republicans that refuse to do the right thing because they're bought, which tells you what the level of integrity is very low character, very low, if, if existing at all. And, you know, I realize that as I promote you without a without a with how would I say it without reservation, Jonathan, there are very few people that have the character to withstand the immense pressure to be bought off or compromised and therefore act against the Constitution and the freedom of the people to be left alone. Well, this is the example, you know, I wrote about this, as you know, Robert, in The Rise of Tyranny, one of my books, and I wrote about it in 2008. In fact, I predicted pretty much where we are today in 2008 in that book. And the uh, situation is that Big Pharma owns and controls the FDA. The FDA is a lackey for Big Pharma, and it's not just the FDA. They also, as Matt Gates mentioned there, they also pretty much control Congress. Recognize there have been hearings after hearings after hearings all along. I mean, we had emails from inside the FDA by FDA uh, uh, directors of the Office of Drugs, uh, Drug Evaluation and Research, writing to in their emails to big pharma executives and cooperating with them so that they could protect the market interests of those companies against the threats that would come if the American people received full information about adverse events or if a drug reviewer was raising in, in, issues to the drug company, they'd contact these political appointees and they'd remove the drug reviewers. As Dr. David Graham said, formerly the, of, of the Office of Drug Safety at FDA, he said that in his testimony before uh, uh, Grassley's Finance Committee, 
He said that we're virtually helpless against FDA approval of unsafe drugs, that pharma owns FDA, that FDA has become a mere patsy for big pharma, an apologist for big pharma, and a facilitator for their control of markets. And the same can be said in Congress, with so many being basically bought men for big pharma uh, and women. So I would say the solution is, you know, the antiseptic of truth. You expose everything, but you have to do more. We've had many hearings where these have been exposed. The time has come for fighting for legislation to take away the drug review process from FDA. In other words, take its heart out and, and replace it with a private blinded system of drug reviews where industry would not know what center, what laboratory was doing the testing, but we would base our judgment on its safety and efficacy of drugs based on independent reviews. And we would end this anti-competitive regime that disallows scientists and uh, uh, medical authorities and others the right to have their ingredients tested mm -hmm. simply because no one can afford the billion dollar plus cost that the FDA's regulatory regime has established for uh, drug reviews. So they, by the very definition of how it works, they keep big pharma protected uh, from any competition and they crush mm -hmm. all innovation. So we've got to, if we want to see a vibrant health marketplace, we have to have a free enterprise. We have to get rid of all the government constraints that prevent uh, health care providers from providing patients the, be the best information and serving patients rather than the health industry and rather than uh, the insurance company proxies for Medicare. So there's a lot to be done, Robert, mm. but... It begins with truth, and then it begins with passion to pass the legislation necessary. And it really does take a person who has thoroughly been involved in all this. You know, I also represented over 100 physicians, Robert, mm -hmm. for decades in their dealings with Medicare and the whole health uh, uh, boards. And so I have a very intimate knowledge of the corruption there. And there's a lot to be done, Robert, but we can do this. We have to do this. Well, we must. Uh, the reduction of the barriers of entry in the marketplace, you mentioned competition for big pharma. This isn't only about making it, let's say, less burdensome for innovative new drugs, should that be uh, desired by folks, but the competition for those drugs that might preclude their necessity would be to open wide That's the right. of competition to innovation from the natural product realm. Backed by sound science. Absolutely. And I don't think. Absolutely. And we have a prior restraint on truthful health information about the effects of nutrients on disease. And we have these Byzantine restrictions in licensing that prevent uh, individuals from communicating to patients basic information. So you go to a chiropractor and let's say that chiropractor has substantial education in the area of nutrition. Quite frequently, the states prevent the chiropractor from telling you nutritional alternatives that you could take to minimize some of your problems or to improve your immune system function or to enable healing. And instead, they've got to just do uh, 
spinal manipulation, chiropractic manipulation of bones, and that's it. And this is ridiculous that we don't allow educated professionals to share with patients the knowledge base they have Mm -hmm. and to entrust patients with the ability to decide what is in their own best interest instead of having bureaucrats second guess everything to the extent that a one size fits all medical approach is the common allopathic approach in America. You go in, every person's different, every person deserves a treatment regimen that is tailored to them. Yeah. And instead what you get is a drug pushing one size fits all approach with doctors scared to death to deviate from that, even if it's in your own best interest, mm-hmm. because they don't want to be audited by Medicare, because they right. don't want to be the subject of a complaint to the medical board, because they don't want to be drummed out of existence by a combination of CDC, the medical board, and the FDA against them. Yeah. In addition, Jonathan, you and I know many graduates of Trinity School of Natural Health who are not physicians or nurses, although there are some physicians and nurses going through the coursework because they're learning things they didn't learn in their schooling. And they're coming out, hanging their shingle, finding a way to do it. And they're helping people without having to treat them with drugs or treat their disease at all because they're looking at it through the the lens of body, mind and spirit, which is not part of a Flexner Report uh, medical school curriculum, which, again, it's fine if you want that medical school curriculum. But my gosh, why not have the freedom to choose the kind of practitioner you want, doctor or not? That's right. We need more information, not less for patients. We need more opportunities, not less. And what bureaucracy does when you bureaucratize healthcare and medicine is it compartmentalizes everything and then it uses what law, which is what? Force. Mm-hmm. It uses coercion and force to keep people within limits who are otherwise able to do the practice of healthcare and medicine. There are no set answers that are beyond reproach or criticism. If we learned anything from the COVID era, it should have been this, that when government tries to tell us a one-size-fits-all approach to any disease, not least of which one is complex and as multifaceted as COVID and all of its myriad variants, Mm -hmm. that that is guaranteed to fail. What we experienced was not a success. One million plus people dying in the United States is not a resounding victory chant that these drug companies can make based on the vaccines. The vaccines did not work. They did not prevent us from having over a million plus deaths. They did not prevent people who are vaccinated from contracting the very disease. So they didn't even function as vaccines. And then in addition, they did not uh, create this exclusive environment that Biden told us existed, that those vaccinated would not transmit the disease to others. That was an absolute lie. And it goes on. And so here we are still feeding the trough with our money the big pharma for vaccines that don't work with iterations after iteration of new uh, boosters with these poor people out there who seem, you know, they're a minority, but nonetheless, these poor terrorized people who just keep getting boosted and all of the adverse events associated with that, 
Those should be prominently communicated by every physician, every patient, and they should be on websites writ large. But instead, the Biden administration censors the information and censors the doctors courageous enough to explain the horrors of this. Yeah, and and goes after their licenses. Right, and as with what the FCC has done uh, to try to take control of the internet to limit the freedom of speech of those who have been correct about just about everything. You know, we've been subjected to deplatforming and banning you and I, our shows together included. For what? What have we done that was so threatening? Not to the health of the people of America or the planet, but the health, if you will, artificial as it is, of the pharmaceutical industry that has captured. Again, our regulatory agencies and many of those in Congress uh, and on all levels. And so if we talk, again, freedom of speech here, I want to bring up another point in discussion. I don't know that this is in the notes, but Super Don and I was talking we're talking about the 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 I guess the controversy of TikTok. And Senator Rand Paul has gone on record saying, look, this is also a freedom of speech issue. If you don't like, you know, this Chinese developed TikTok, then develop something better. But in the meantime, you just don't want to start banning different apps at that point and now the argument is my gosh there's a a letter circulating written apparently by bin laden all those years ago Uh, and i think ron paul might have mentioned this just like when your enemy tells you why he's your enemy you might want to pay attention to it right and rather than go hey we might learn something from what they're saying we want to ignore it and just do the same stupid stuff to create even more enemies out there. Now, granted, we acknowledge a right to self-defense, but also an intelligence that would say, how do we go about our foreign policy to minimize the enemies that have been, uh, let's say, developed because of stupidity, rank stupidity, not acknowledging history, for instance. And so uh, I, I bring this up as a discussion point because I would rather know what our enemies are thinking than than than. Uh, let's say yell and scream at people who are pointing that out. Well, uh, on this free speech point, let me just say this. So there is always a way to go after the criminal abuse of anything without taking people's rights away. Mm -hmm. It's the province of this administration, their choice to go after our rights as a, and they use a justification of criminality. In the context of TikTok, you've got Chinese influence and control that is resulting in private information, particularly about all of our youth, because they're almost all on TikTok, that is very, very helpful to communist China and very hurtful to the privacy rights of kids and of their parents too. So what do you do about that? Well, you have criminal law that is directed against those very activities that result in the transference of private information uh, and uh, data collection to the communist Chinese. Does that mean that you destroy the medium that is being used for entertainment by you know millions and millions and millions? No. You go after the criminal abuse of it. Mm-hmm. It's like every other aspect of the media. You don't go and shut down CBS because somebody popped up on their television programming and made a defamatory statement. You go after the person who engaged in the defamatory statement. Yeah. You don't, you don't destroy a newspaper because uh, someone put an ad in there that deceived people to sell a product that didn't exist or that was bogus, you Mm -hmm. go after the person for the fraud. 
So in this instance, you've got this massive uh, network that enables you to have these experiences that most people apparently are interested in. And the, the CCP is harvesting the information through their ownership and connections and control. Yeah. Well, what do you do about that? The interesting thing. You go you after think, the harvesting, collection yeah. and control. Well, Jonathan, what you brought up, and, I, and it just occurred to me, well, maybe not the first time, that our own government and our own government agencies are doing what China's doing with apps, tracking uh, in violation, I believe, of the Fourth Amendment and among, among other things, going from Patriot Act back and forward, that they're doing things that are fundamentally, you know, violative of our, you know, freedom, right to privacy, et cetera. Fourth Amendment rights. Yeah. And, and so, yes, violating, I mean, the, 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 the Patriot Act is a, a gross violation of, of the Fourth Amendment. You're, you're seizing people's information and their communications without probable cause, mm-hmm. and you're sifting through it to find evidence that you think can justify actions. We've seen the abuses writ large on that, and how it's been used. For, you know, what do you that? expect? It's been used by political opponents. It's been used uh, to target specific people, deplatform them, and so on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these are, you know, consequential to the rights of individuals who never were given an opportunity for a hearing, were never accused formally, but they were just abused by government controlling the medium and influencing the conduct of big tech towards those people. And there were very few warning us as to the inevitability of what we see today happening or, or has happened. Like the Congressman, you wrote a lot of legislation for Ron Paul who warned us but in the fervor of, you know, post 9-11, the attack, we lost our constitutional senses. But they know globalists or uh, those who want to strengthen the, the uh, domination of a centralized bureaucracy over us. They know the best way to do it is through fear. Fear makes people stupid. We're not thinking clearly about these things. And this is where, you know, I go into the. Well, you know, fear, fear induces fear induces people to give up their rights. Right. Fear is a is is they have found as Rahm Emanuel understood well and said you never let a crisis go to waste that if you can cause people to perceive themselves at imminent risk of harm they will look to authority figures and those authority figures can get them to agree to give up their rights on a even a false promise mm-hmm. that this threat to them will go away. And so if you tell people, hey, look, you know, if you will, if you will simply not say anything critical about the vaccines, if you will simply do what we tell you to do and go get vaccinated and you live a life that is limited such that you don't go to public places, you don't do these things. We 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 are giving you an assurance that that means that you're not going to die from this thing. And that's the, that's what they did. They induced everyone to think that, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, this thing is like an alien life form. It's like, you know, War of the Worlds. It's coming yeah. in yeah. and it's going to take over and it's going to kill us all. And, and so, us, you know, there warned, are many. Those of us who warned against that, yeah, as you pointed out, we were not met with, hey, thanks for a different viewpoint. Maybe that's possible. We don't have to be so afraid. They were like, no, 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 shut these people down, deplatform them, do whatever you can. They're vile. And they, you know, they denigrated us. They called us names. And, you know, many people, good doctors among them. 
found out that what I've been talking about on this show for almost my 24th year is that freedom of speech has always been limited as long as I've been alive in the health realm, the natural products sector. Most people thought, well, we have freedom of speech. And I thought, you guys one day will find out. And that's what happened under COVID. Even the doctors found out the limits of freedom of speech in America that had been converted to the United States of drug America. Well, we, we learned a lesson that is an old lesson. I mean, Benjamin Franklin talked about how uh, based on a, a threat to health, people could lose all of their rights. And this whole idea is nothing new. We have learned now that you and I have learned, but I hope that the whole world learns this, but I want America to learn it first. Mm-hmm. And that is this point that if you have a threat medical, economic, regardless of what it is, the greatest opportunity to resolve it the fastest in a way that will help the most is not by censoring information, not by blocking communication, not by having government give a one-word answer, not by government controlling information flows. The best solution is a wide open, robust marketplace of ideas in which every intellectual and every non-intellectual, anyone who has a scruple, can participate in a robust debate. And we can have an experimental environment in which individuals get to throw out ideas, throw out science, throw out information that can enable us collectively and individually to come up with solutions but it's in a free environment, not one where you have censorship, not one where you have a bureaucratic answer. If you have politicized bureaucratic answers that control the outcome of these opportunities for debate, you end up in a state of de-evolution. You end up with political interests overcoming all others, and you have a power grab that happens on the basis of a falsehood the government has all the answers. Yes. I mean, you know, it's an old story, Robert. It is mm-hmm. a, it is the thing that the radical Whigs in the 1720s fought against against the crown. They knew that the hidden and, and darling secrets, as they called them, of innovation would only come to fruition, would only be seen and appreciated if we had a wide open and free speech environment. And so mm-hmm. Thomas Gordon and John Trenchard who wrote under the name of Cato, Cato's letters from 1720 to 1723 in the London Gazette. They wrote over 144 letters on liberty and they they blew the trumpet for radical Whigs to understand that the, the regime of the crown and its ministers engaging in censorship denied people not just access to information, but a quality of life. And that became the rallying cry against censorship in the colonies, in the John Peter Zenger case, in the Alexander McDougal case, against seditious libel, and in favor of what ultimately became the First Amendment to the Constitution. And yet, in 1798, we had the first challenge to the First Amendment of a major censorship, seditious libel regime, and yet here we are again. The laws of the Biden administration really were seditious libel laws. If you, if you and I spoke, they deplatformed us. When we criticized the vaccine, they kicked us off the air, Robert. They mm-hmm. took away your, your programs. And 
they denied the audience the opportunity to receive information and to be part of a debate. And so where, where do we go? Well, many, perhaps millions of Americans went in for the vaccine, never heard about ivermectin, never heard about hydroxychloroquine, never heard about nutritional interventions, never heard a thing that could have possibly saved them and instead, many died. And that is going to happen again unless we get in there, change the law, ensure that there can be no mandates and that freedom reigns, that we look squarely at the issue and say, the next time this happens, there's going to be no government censorship. We're going to let a free, wide open and robust debate happen. And you and I both know it's going to happen again. Yeah. And there, and this whole thing is still going on. The gain of function research, the whole uh, complicity with the communist Chinese, the labs, the the bioweapons labs in China are still operating. They're still developing new viruses. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that the House of Representatives uh, has passed several amendments to an appropriations bill restricting funding to gain a function research and slashing NIH budget, which is a good sign. It's a start. But as we know, also, there were ways that they moved around it by exporting the gain of function research to Wuhan. For instance, as an example, uh, there's so much deception that goes on as you think, oh, something good is happening. And they find a way in the oligarchy to sneak around it. And again, another reason why, if you haven't checked out Jonathan Emord, emord4va.com, U.S. Senate candidate to defeat Tim Kaine. Uh, in the coming election next year, please support Jonathan. Real quick before we wrap up top of the hour, I know you were just at an event in Williamsburg. And my question to you is what kind of questions were being asked? Well, you know, that kind of gives us a sense of the with the pulse of the concerns of folks that might be inclined to vote for you or checking you out. Well, um, the questions that were asked were actually directed to more general issues related to the loss in Virginia of the Senate and the House. Mm-hmm. And they're interested, and in, because it's just happened, in why that happened, and in instances where it didn't happen. And you know what, Robert? What's really interesting? There are two instances in which uh, candidates won against all odds in Virginia. Both of them are in Northern Virginia. One of them was a House of Delegates candidate. Who was who was assuredly going to lose and was outfunded so substantially by the Democrats, and he won. And you know why he won? He won because he emphasized one critical issue to parents, regardless of their political affiliation, and that is biological males entering girls and women's sports locker rooms and bathrooms. And he said he was dead set against that and would introduce legislation in the state house to fight it and prevent it. And he beat his Democrat opponent, Hmm. despite all the odds. And also, Buddha Biberai, a complete Soros-backed anti-incarceration, defund the police, and um, open borders person, who was the Commonwealth's attorney in Loudoun County, who was assured that she would win, and who had a 10 times dollar uh, uh, campaign coffer advantage over her opponent. She had $760,000 and her opponent had 69000 Her opponent won 
her opponent won because even in Northern Virginia, even among Democrats, the crime issue is central and they are, they are not ignorant of why it's happening. They appreciate that it's because of the defund the police movement and the anti-incarceration position of Buddha Bibberai who won't prosecute criminals, who attacks the victims of crime, and who is a total Soros uh, lackey. Well, guess what? Tim Kaine is the same way. Tim Mm -hmm. Kaine is on all of those issues that carried sway in Northern Virginia that I just discussed. Tim Kaine is backing all of the wrong side on all of that. He is for biological males entering girls and women's sports locker rooms and bathrooms. He is for defunding the police. He is for the uh, open borders. He's done nothing to stop it. And he is for uh, this whole movement to prevent people from being incarcerated. He's, he's, he's absolutely in line with all of that. So all that needs to happen is that these people in Northern Virginia come to that realization and suddenly Tim Kaine has lost his constituency for reelection. And that's yeah. what we're going to do. Well, and and think about appealing to that level of humanity that supersedes the division, artificial as it may be in some ways, uh, between Democrats and Republicans in Northern Virginia or elsewhere. The appeal to protect women, girls from, you know. Uh, oh, my uh, goodness, Robert. Yeah. I mean, isn't this we're talking about sexual assaults, rapes. They're happening, Robert. Yeah. We had in Loudoun County this this boy who wore a skirt, went into the girl's bathroom. They allowed him in because he said he was he identified as female. He raped a girl in the bathroom. Then they didn't send him into juvenile detention and kick him permanently out of the schools. They just sent him to another high school in Loudoun County. And he did it it again, again, Robert. Well, and 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 then they said they they suppressed the information. Scott Ziegler, the superintendent of schools, lied on the record that he was not aware of this. And they brushed it under the rug. And 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 Scott Smith, who was the parent of this woman, this girl who was raped, was incarcerated because he begged to differ and 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 say that this had happened at a school board meeting. Yeah. So this stuff has got to come to an end. Sure. And And if we don't end this, we are going to see women being victimized all over, Robert. We're going to see. You know, your daughters and your wives being abused by predators who are just going to have to say all they're going to have to say is I identify as female to get into women's and girls bathrooms, well, locker rooms, female. And yeah. sports teams. And yeah. And, and just on the other issue of crime, if you if you work for a living, honestly, work for a living, you have a shop, you're an independent purveyor of goods or services, and those things can be stolen from you with no recourse. That, of course, crosses the line. Even Democrats don't like that. Most of them anyway. So there is a path to victory, Jonathan E. Mord, even though we don't have Soros money behind you. The fact is we got a lot of folks that want to see you in there, as do I. And I appreciate you and your updates each week when we do the Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, my friend. You bet, Robert. You bet. Jonathan. Yeah, keep that uh, fire of liberty lit. I know you will, and we'll see you next week. And uh, that wraps up the first hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show today. Thanks, Jonathan, and thank you to all of you for being here. Please share the show and the notes and everything. As many people that you think know about this show, and Jonathan, more people than not don't. We're the best-kept secret in health talk media. I don't know why that is, because y'all have been too quiet.
<laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not blaming you. I'm not. I'm too quiet, I think. Anyway, I appreciate you being here. We've got a whole other hour of broadcast healing. A first time guest uh, looks like a phenomenal guest coming up for Kate Buckley. Uh, and uh, she's from Badlands Media, and she's done amazing things. I've read about her, and I, I tend to agree with the things she has to say, so we'll have a good time. Also, why is America's trust in scientists dropping? Y'all know, but I'll reiterate it and reveal it for those that don't. Next on the Robert Scott Bell Show, where I remind you that the power to heal is yours. So Peloton, yeah. What do they sell? Fucking bikes. The stationary bikes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Peloton <laughs> sells stationary bikes, and they got a problem with Robert <laughs> Kennedy. Yeah. You Peloton. <laughs> what? Who the <laughs> are they? Yeah. First of right? All, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. Peloton calling, <laughs> bitching about Robert Kennedy. I'm, I'm not bullshitting you. You can film us. Yeah. My my guys are going to take the Pelotons out of the gym today. Oh, that dude, yeah. We're getting rid of them. We're going to go throw them in the garbage today. I'll be happy to toss them in. So uh, he was in a situation where he had Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. on his show. Mm -hmm. And an advertiser called and told him, get rid of that. You're not posting that podcast. Take it down, blah, 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 because they had Robert Kennedy on. Right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, it was Peloton. Okay. Well, do you know who Barry McCarthy is? No. Barry McCarthy is the CEO of Peloton. Yeah. Is that, is that Pelotons that we have in the gym? We have Pelotons, yeah. They're going. We're throwing them. Wow. Dude, that was uh, Dana White. Again, we talked about him yesterday, Super Don. Uh, and uh, he was saying, I'm never trusting doctors. I'm not going to ask him a question about my health unless it's a broken arm. I'm like, that's a, you know, an everyday kind of average Joe when you talk about the, the view of the world. And he comes out goes, uh-uh. And then you got an advertiser going, hey, you got Bobby Kennedy on, we got to pull her out. You got yeah, you can't do that. It reminds me of what happened when they put a Tylenol commercial on my syndicated radio show years ago. I was pissed. I don't think I dropped as many F-bombs. No, there, there, there weren't quite as many F-bombs, but, uh, <laughs> but oh man, I listened to part of that episode. Theo Vaughn's podcast is hilarious. He's just, he's just like a crazy guy. And Dana White, I, yeah, I don't know. I think he'd be kind of fun to hang out with too, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Keep, keeping well, it real. Keeping it real. Well, hey, say thanks to all the folks that make this uh, message of health, freedom, and healing liberty possible. You go to robertscabell.com. You could sign up for our newsletter for free, and you can text RSB, my initials RSB, to the number double six eight double six 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 eight six six, and that uh, will get you plugged in. And don't freak out over the number of sixes. It's there. not triple six. It's, it's there's two, two on each side, and they're separated by, by an eight. Infinity. So. And then other doubles. So, yeah, not a beastly <laughs> number, I promise. But you guys can send that RSB in there by text, and you can become part of our newsletter family. And even better, if you want to become our patron supporter, we have added, Super Don has added my latest presentation from Healing Strong, which is an hour-long presentation I'd never given before. And it's getting rave reviews. I, I kind of like, I wonder what this is going to be like. And it turned out it's, it's pretty good. And you guys want to learn about a lot of new things. Please be please join us on our Patreon uh, each week, or let's say each month, we do a Zoom AMA and ask me anything, and we have one coming up. It'll be a Wednesday evening later in November. 
if I could remember the 29th, day. I think 29th. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that Wednesday is in November. So you can join us. Uh, and we have a great community helping each other out. I love it. It's not just about you guys asking me questions. I ask you questions too. It's a lot of fun. Hope you'll participate. Now, uh, we went a little long. I just want to hit the opening uh, story here, and then we'll go to our, our new guest, Kate Buckley, joining us momentarily. By the way, did you notice, notice something missing here? Wait a second. Look at look at Super Don's side. Po- <laughs> Where'd that ponytail go? I'm not a hippie anymore. Where's my long-haired yeah. hippie producer? Where did I, what happened? Yeah, I cut you, it all off last you night. You ran into a buzzsaw? I, I told you I was going to. You weren't kidding. Yeah, Where, I saved the, the ponytail, though. Yeah. Where is it? I, I I'm not. I didn't bring it with me. You're supposed to hang it from your. Uh, I've got microphone. it. I've no. I I, I put it away for uh, my posterity. <laughs> when I when I pass away, yeah. Uh, I I, the, I will leave it to my children. I'm sure they'll hang be super excited about that. Yeah. Well, you look good, my friend. And I can't wait to see the wedding, your daughter's wedding coming up this Sunday. I know that's yeah. going to be a big deal. So, looking forward to that. It'll be live streamed apparently on the Robert Scott Bell Show Network. We've never live streamed a wedding before. No, that's the first. Why not? What the heck? Why not? Let's do it. Let's see if we get banned. All right. Okay. Uh, Opening story of hour two, uh, and it relates to what the report that America's trust in scientists are dropping or has dropped significantly in the wake of the COVID-19 scamdemic. Both parties have reported some level of declining trust in scientists, though the decrease is more prominent among Republicans. The reason is Democrats are holding fast to their new religion, which is scientism or sci-fientism. Now, some have woken up to see the reality that their their faith is misplaced in so-called science uh, as religion or cult. But the reality is it's dropped lower than ever before, and that's a good sign. Bodes well for the future as long as we don't go back into a, a, a drug-induced slumber. You know, I mentioned the issue of fear causing us to do stupid things. Our buddy Michael Bolden submitted a comment. I think I showed it on the air. I just want to read it real quick. This is coming from John Adams. He says, fear renders men in whose breasts it predominates so stupid and miserable. Yeah, fear makes you stupid. And if you operate on fear instead of your what you know to be true or you step back from the fear and say, all right, I got to calm down and, and get out of panic mode and start looking at these these issues from various degrees and, and angles and such to make a better decision about how we respond or how we squash the irrational fear, which in reality we look back on and we say, my gosh, the government and those that purchased uh, the government and of course media and the pharmaceutical industry itself contributed to the vast majority, if not almost all of the deaths that occurred. And yeah, that includes, and especially those who have been subjected to the experimental injections, one, two, three, or more. We now know that the new booster or the new version, the uptake is between two and 3%, which is stunning. Yeah, they're going, well, we're still doing it. We're right on track, right? The new new lady that replaced what Rochelle Walensky at CDC is like, we're right on track. We're on course. These people are delusional. And the, the less you pay attention to them, other than when they try to use the power and force of government to restrict your freedom to heal or to not be subjected to medical experimentation, of course, then it becomes problematic. So with that, let's bring on our new friend, our new guest here on the Robert Scott Bell Show from Badlands Media. She's got something called the Clean Living Project, and she's on Tuesday, I guess, 3 p.m. Eastern time, it looks like. And uh, let's welcome Kate Buckley to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Kate. Hi, how are you? Oh, man, doing well. And uh, I'm just excited to have you on for the first time. I was doing a little reading about you. And I, you know, particularly when you talk about the spiritual warfare that's going on to shut us down from our divinity. And that's really the secret. You know, if you can frighten people away from their divinity, you've got them where you want them. 
because now they're not connected to the source of all healing, all wisdom, all real, genuine protection, the divine love from our creator. Yes, absolutely. It was like you were just talking about that fear is the thing that clouds our intuition the most. Fear will make you doubt what you absolutely know. It will make you, and when I when I think about things like that, I'll usually make up a metaphor in my head that takes it to an extreme so that I can really visualize it. And I picture, you know, you're walking along a sidewalk and it's a nice wide sidewalk and you've walked down it a million times before. You're familiar with every crack and every everything. We don't ever doubt gravity, right? We don't even think about it. We live our lives and we just know gravity is going to be there when we crawl out of bed and our feet hit the floor. But if both sides of that sidewalk suddenly dropped out and now you had miles of uh, to fall on either side, would you walk down the sidewalk the same? It's still just as sturdy. It's still just as wide. You still know it. But would you walk with that confidence or would you suddenly drop to your knees or start to crawl? Mm -hmm. You would literally start to doubt gravity, which is something you had never doubted before in your life. And that's what fear does. Fear makes you forget what you know. And mm -hmm. I think that that's why, you know, I, I talk about the head, the heart and the gut as the brain. That is the, the that is the total brain. They have put millions, probably billions of dollars into researching how to manipulate this one. They know very well how to control this one. These two are a lot harder to manipulate, but they've done a really good job at getting us away from being familiar with how to use these. And, you know, kind of you're, you're crazy if you don't just trust your brain, trust the science, right? Mm -hmm. Don't don't go with your intuition. Don't trust your gut. That's yeah. That was the opening story here this hour about uh, finally some people are losing quote unquote faith in science as if it's a religion. Well, right. it has become one or a death cult. Yeah. And another example of what you've just said: if people doubt you, think about how they made breathing something that was dangerous. <laughs> right. <sighs> I mean, the very essence of your life requires breathing, and they said restrict it. Don't right. do it in the presence of others, or you'll kill people, or you'll be killed. And people bought it. Right. Fear well, they warmed up with stupid. Come on, right? Well, they were they warmed up with the sun. They had already they've already convinced people the sun is evil and the sun yeah. is killing you, and you need to get away from it. So, and yeah. how about warming temperatures? As if there is evidence of that over time, it goes up, it goes down. I saw a picture the other day of when the Statue of Liberty first was erected, and they have a picture from the harbor of the Statue of Liberty. Say, here's the water level, eighteen eighty something. In the water level now. Oh my <laughs> gosh, it looks the same. Wait a right. second, what happened? So we are so subject to manipulation. The question is, can we break free of it? And if so, how? And I say yes to that because individuals do. It's just the mass psychosis when people, you know, get into groups and they lose their minds. Yeah. Well, we are breaking loose already. It, it's happening. It might not be happening as fast as some of us want it to, but we see it all around us. And I also like to say that nobody goes back. Nobody goes back to sleep. Once you're awake, you're awake and you can't ignore it anymore. And so everybody's path is different. Some people's awakening comes, you know, through the medical industry. Some people have been done really dirty by the medical industry. Um, and obviously through COVID was a, was a big, was a big one of those, you know, some people come through spirituality, come, some people come through politics, but whatever it is that is your avenue, it all kind of leads to the center, which is the truth. And then once you get there, it will open up all of those, you'll start to question everything. So, uh, 
you know, not we're not all on the same page with this with everything at this point, but everybody is kind of converging. And uh, that's really hopeful to see. Yeah, I'm encouraged. And I guess the question then it, it becomes your backstory, how you came to the awareness that you've <laughs> uh, achieved, because not everybody does. So I am always fascinated to learn what, what brought you here. Yeah, well, you know, I look back and I think about that a lot. And, uh, you know, there were de there were definitely steps, you know, I could be like, Oh, well, this was the thing, you know, um, or this was the thing. But really, I, the main steps, it started really with my, um, I went through infertility, and I had to go through IVF to have my son. And although I was not awake yet, you know, I wasn't very a, a very political person or anything like that. I wasn't looking at the establishment. I had two parents that always talked about the corruption and stuff like that. Both my parents, I would say, were relatively red-pilled my whole life. Um, but when I went through the experience of infertility, I, number one, realized very quickly that I was my only advocate. The doctors did not give a flying crud mm. about me. And that that was what started me as a, a researcher. And I had to do all my own research. I would go into my specialist who I was paying good money to help me and I would be correcting him in some of the things that he was telling me. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and as time went, I started to get a little bit more aware of the fact that it was not right that I was infertile. I was uh, a young woman. I was healthy. Nobody in my family ever had problems getting pregnant. My mother was, you know, one of five. Uh, I was one of three. You know, there was just no reason that I, that my body was not allowing me to have a baby. And then I started to um, kind of contemplate, you know, and I was also seeing my friends going through the same thing. And I'm like, what is up? Why is, why is this happening? And then the, uh, the really, the gut punch of figuring out that this is actually something that's intentional. It's being done to us. At the very least, we are not being protected by the people that we thought were protecting us. And so that was probably step number one. Um, step number two was, um, uh, kind was going down the rabbit hole of, you know, I was always kind of a conspiracy theorist and I liked, you know, kind of the foofier topics, Sasquatch and aliens and <laughs> all that stuff really was exciting to me. But then uh, it became really real when I went down the rabbit hole of um, child trafficking. And then after that, uh, it was the Q operation that really kind of blew the, the lid off. And um, it just never ended from there. So um, after that, I just had a uh, an, insati an insatiable thirst for knowledge. I was reading everything. I wanted to no. know about health, spirituality. I wanted to know everything. And um, it just has not stopped. <laughs> Nate, how did you not lose yourself in being overwhelmed or even fearful in the midst of learning such horrific things about what happens on the planet we inhabit? Um, so very interestingly and uh, cosmically, luckily, I went down that rabbit hole on a Friday night. I started going down that rabbit hole on a Friday night. I didn't sleep the entire weekend. It was like I was taking care of my son during the day. As soon as I put him to bed, I was back to researching. This was in 2008, the beginning of 2018. And so at that time, there was a lot more that you could find on the internet. You know, like even if I had thought about, if I had put down every link, because I, I wished I had at one point to kind of take people through exactly what it was I found. None of those links exist anymore. It's like a lot of that, a lot of that stuff has is gone. But anyway, uh, I it was horrific. And I literally laid there just kind of comatose, thinking to myself, how do I 
How do I rejoin society now? How do I function? How do I have small talk with people? Yes. Um, and that was the Monday. I don't know what I searched, but that was when I found Q. And I don't remember how exactly I found it. I know that I was listening to a podcast and it was three guys and they were watching an MMA fight and talking about it. And one of the guys was telling the other two guys about it. And he was talking about um, basically this uh, this kind of psyop thing that is form formed around Donald Trump and what he's doing and et cetera, et cetera. And as I was listening to that, it was like that intention I was talking about. I, I'm sorry. I, I was like, this is real. <laughs> I just knew it was. And so that was the thing that gave me hope. And I had voted for Trump, but I didn't like him. I just voted for him because I knew Hillary Clinton was extra evil and I wasn't that political and I didn't get him. I, I didn't get him. I didn't understand anything that he was doing. But um, it was kind of the hope of hearing that there was potentially something going on where people at high levels had our back and that something was getting done about it mm -hmm. just gave me what I needed to keep going. Gotcha. Well, how is it now, uh, some years later, you bring up the issue of Q and its controversies. I mean, do we actually even know who Q or what Q was? Was it a PSYOP as well? Uh, but uh, of course, now we look at uh, the country falling deeper into debt, weakening our position the more we throw money at problems around the world as opposed to caring for ourselves. And you wonder how feasibly it is that we regain our love of liberty and our ability to live within the means with which uh, I think we're obligated as spiritual beings, you know, to not go into debt because debt is slavery. And, you know, that goes into monetary policy, Federal Reserve, et cetera. And very few politicians have called for the end of the Federal Reserve. You know, Ron Paul was the big wake up for many of us uh, at that point back in 08 or even earlier. Uh, and and you described, you know, a, 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 an awakening similar to my own, although it was way back in the of late 80s, <laughs> just to show you how old I am, uh, as I was reading these things and uh, honestly ending up under my covers, not wanting to come out because it was too frightening, What the reality of, of, of what uh, elite controllers would do on planet Earth to maintain control. And it's like, for me, I had to find a, a deep spiritual relationship with the creator, with God, in order to, for me to navigate it. Uh, so I, I, you know, I acknowledge, you know, when people wake up the hard way, when they do their own homework and go, oh my gosh, I do. I want to know this. I did want to know it, not because I wanted to be scared out of my wits, but, but so that maybe I could come to my senses and say, hey, how do I navigate this without being victimized by it? Well, I think we all want to know it because we already do on a subconscious level. And so it's like you can't deal with it unless you confront it. So uh, I actually had the experience of when, after finding it, actually going off of off of my antidepressants. I was on antidepressants because I think I wasn't I knew the world was messed up, but I wasn't there was nothing tangible for me. It was just like my life was pretty good on paper. But I was miserable. And, you know, a couple things. I think subconsciously I knew how gross the world was. And number two, I was living a very shallow existence. So you're right. Faith is very, very um, important to to keep yourself going. But also, you know, I, I think about guys like you who have been awake forever and what the experience must have been like for you when you went through that. It is much, I'm not going to say it's easier now. It, mm -hmm. It's different, but think about how much, how many more of us now there are. Sure. And also that we have tools like Twitter and right. online forums and, no. you know, alternative media where we can find each other. So that's a big difference. Yeah. Bringing me back to those memories of like, if you wanted to find the information, you had to really go out and get it. I yeah. mean, you had to dig libraries, you had to go into outer print books 
and you had to find people that were like the weirdest of weird. I mean, weirder than even me and, and go, is this guy for real? Right. And so now you, to your point, even with censorship on the internet, we do have access for information. Of course, the, the challenge is to navigate the information, to find some level of fact, you know, that might lead to some truths, right? Because, you know, even with Q, uh, a lot of people were looking for the next day, the heavens would open up and all political opponents would fall by the wayside and America would be restored and the monetary system would, and these things have not, you know, kind of manifested in that way. And I think in some ways we put that off like a deus ex machina, you know, we're waiting for the aliens to beam down from the enterprise to save us. And then we're, we're led into a, a, a realm of passivity and not actively engaging to make a difference. In other words, and I wonder your perspective on that, you know, getting the information, then what do you do? Do you wait or do you actually engage and say, here are the things I need to do to make this happen a reality? Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And I definitely do think I believe that Q was a psyop for sure. Uh, the You know, I would say it was a benevolent one because it, it woke people up and it activated people. And a lot of what people attribute to, um, you know, like the claims of Q kind of making people believe that, you know, the sky was going to open up, like you said, we did that. We did that to Q. Q didn't make those promises to us, but it was a really good it's a really good exercise in you know, number one, when you start learning these things, it's very easy to fall for a lot of stuff. Once you start realizing that everything is fake, um, you know, that's that's a big pill to swallow. But then you're like, OK, well, everything is fake. And there are unfortunately another thing that I, I I'm sure is um, maybe a little bit different now is that there are a lot more people in the community that are here to take advantage of what this movement is you know we're we're more of a threat now because there are more of us and i have no doubt that we actually have you know three-letter agencies and you know rogue whatever's implanted to make crazy claims to make people believe things to 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 uh build up their hope and then have the rug pulled so mm -hmm. that they're because that's like the wet that's the biggest way that you well, can a make weapon to induce hopelessness Exactly. Because if yeah. you keep getting your hopes up and then the rug keeps getting pulled, at some point you're just going to be apathetic. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was really, you know, that was a big catalyst, a, a big, that was like our North Star for Badlands was mm -hmm. because uh, we wanted to make sure that we were being, that we had integrity and that we were, that we weren't doing that to people. And that even if there were stories that sounded crazy, we would follow those leads and we would look into it, but we wouldn't pretend like we knew something that, that we didn't. We wouldn't pretend to have inside sources. We wouldn't, you know, uh, post a bunch of bull just to get clicks and people watching us. We knew that integrity was first, and that was the big thing that was missing, um, not only obviously from the mainstream media. It's never been about in integrity, at least not since like 50s or 60s, but then also uh, in the um, in the truther community or, or the alternative media, there are some um, people that have kind of risen to popularity by taking advantage of people's emotions. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's something we, we never like to do here either. I'm encouraged to hear about this with Badlands Media. Were you part of its origination? Are there other folks you've been working with to develop this? I, and as I was reviewing the site and seeing the various hosts, I was very excited because I want more people speaking out about these things, not fewer. I, I'm not into monopoly. I want a diversity of perspectives and opinions. That's how it's helpful for us to navigate and figure this thing out. 
100%. I mean, if we want to take over mainstream media, we still have a lot of work to do. We still have a lot of positions to fill. We need many voices. We, meet, we need many perspectives. Every single person in this has a unique voice that's going to speak to some people that others won't. And so, yeah, um, kind of what happened in a nutshell, really, you know, Badlands uh, it was created by John Harold Patel Patriot was what was his pseudonym that he um, wrote his articles. He wrote a devolution um, uh, series about, you know, a theory that uh, Trump could have put in, a pl in place a continuity of government when he was leaving to protect um, to protect our country from basically a hostile takeover. And he kind of came, I, ha I had started something called We The Media. I was one of the founders of something called We The Media, which is essentially when all of us got booted off of Twitter, there, were, there was kind of a collection of us that moved over to Telegram, even though it wasn't a social media site. It's a, uh, it's a messaging platform, whatever, but whatever, you, 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 you take what you can get because no one will have us. And so that platform just wasn't conducive to having everyone having individual channels because you can't follow. It's not like Twitter where your feed is all nice in there and everybody's mm -hmm. posting to the same thing. So we decided to work together. We started something called We The Media. Um, you know, in a ways, it, it was really, it was really great. It was very, uh, it was very needed at the time. I know I was very grateful for it. Other people were very grateful for it, but we didn't really have any leadership or direction. Uh, we had, I think, too many cooks in the kitchen as far as, you know, uh, ideas of where to take this and and all of that. And then John came in and joined us after he did his um, art. He made his, he wrote his articles. And he and I got to talking and he kind of originally wanted to do this with We The Media, take all of those people and said, hey, guys, why don't we all work together and, and create a media, like an actual media company where people can um, actually make money because we were doing that for free. And this is an important thing that I want people to understand is that, um, you know, because there are a lot of people that think that if you take a dime, if you run ads, if you, you know, any of that stuff that suddenly, you know, th there's something wrong with you. Like I was saying, if we want to take over the mainstream media, which should be every single person who wants the truth, that should be your goal. People have to be able to support themselves. They can't just work a nine to five job and then come home and do all of the work that it takes in order to educate themselves in order to help other people. We need people that do this for a living. And so, you know, uh, that was what that was what we were originally setting out to do. And um you know, I think it's been really lightning in a bottle as far as we've been really fortunate with how it's come together, who we've gotten to work with. Um, there was a lot that went on with the with the We The Media stuff and you kind of found out who people, people kind of sh started showing their true colors and it was disappointing, but at the same time it was good because at the end of the day, you want to lift up those who you know are also working with integrity. And so um, unfortunately it's like, you know, that's in short supply. That's in short supply these days. Um, not, you know, not in the world. In the world, people do have integrity, I think. But I think, I, I'm sure you know, it takes a certain kind of person to be able to sit here and, and put yourself out there in the way that we do. Um, and, you know, you take a lot of scrutiny. You get a lot of, uh, you get a lot of, 
you know, hate and animosity. And you you have a lot of people projecting their thoughts and feelings at you for not explaining things the way that they understand them. Oh, we we might have had one or two of those over the years. Yeah, yeah. maybe one or two, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> maybe it's the same two guys that were doing to us as well. <laughs> but, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a game of emotion. And so everybody's very emotionally tied to what it is that they believe. And so when you become a person who... Um, allows yourself to put yourself out there in that way, you get attacked a lot. So it's good to work together and it's, um, it's, it is our strength. Well, you have uh, the site. I've got badlandsmedia.tv. We're linking it up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. Today is the 16th of November, 2023, when this first airs. And you also see the Clean Living Project. Uh, this is something I, I love the name because this is what I try to use, do, and recommend. I've been all organic since 1990. At the age of 24, I switched my diet to what I call a cleaner diet, and I never looked back. It wasn't a fad. It wasn't temporary like, oh, occasionally I'll decide to dive into a vat of uh, uh, glyphosate and Roundup. I really believe in reducing our exposure. That gives us strength. The body is amazing in its miraculous ability to heal and withstand a lot of assault. But if you continue to put bad things in a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, it adds up, it accumulates, and it weakens our our vital force, our life force working through our body, mind, and the spirit that flows through us. It, it kind of creates uh, obstacles. And then we get sick, and then we wonder why we're sick, and the doctors are happy to say, oh, it's just bad luck. Here's a drug or 10, and uh, we've got to break that cycle. It sounds like you're on that track as well, Kate. Absolutely. Like I was saying um, after my awakening, I started looking at everything different and, you know, I was taking an antidepressant at the time. And even though I found out that the world was darker and dirtier than I had ever could have imagined, I thought to myself, you know, I am going to see if I can do without, uh, if I can go without my antidepressant. And, um, and I got off my antidepressants and I started taking CBD just for the brain zaps. And, um, but I started to notice that when I would not take the CBD, that I wouldn't feel as leveled. You know, I'm a very, I'm very sensitive to mm -hmm. everything, to drugs. Um, and so I don't, I don't ever like taking anything where I feel out of control or I can't control my thoughts. And so that had stopped me from taking CBD for a really long time, even though I had had lots of recommendations for it. So, but the way that I felt after that, I was just myself, but I was leveled out. And I had been told that the only way I was ever going to feel not depressed and not anxious and not miserable was to pop a pill every single day. Mm. And so to find out that not only could I do it without that, but that I could feel a million times better and actually heal myself, not just not just pile a drug on top of it. Sure. So then I was like, well, what else in my life? Am I being lied to about what else right. in my life? Am, do I think that I can't, you know, you sound uh, like me, but way better looking. All the things <laughs> you're saying, that's what I was going through. What else have they lied to me about? And yeah. that, that led a lot of my journey to learn what I've learned and do what I do for all these decades. And I appreciate you being on board here, Kate. And, you know, never underestimate the power of supporting your endocannabinoid system, even if it's temporary to feed it and, and see how you can uh, you know, move yourself away from the pharmacological influence into something that the natural world provides because we all have an endocannabinoid system, which very few people knew about until recently. And uh, those plants that were demonized can be used beneficially when you know how to work with them. And I appreciate you bringing that in. So, uh, Kate, is there anything you want my audience to do or know about before we wrap up here? 
Well, um, yeah, if you go to badlandsmedia.tv, uh, you can find all, basically we operate mostly on Rumble. We also have a Substack, really great articles that are coming out every week and every day we do a um, kind of a brief uh, run through of the news. So it's a great place to get caught up. But we also, one of the the best things I think we do, where we do these periodical um, conferences now, it's called the Great American Restoration Tour. Mm. And we've, you know, we're, we're doing them in different city, cities. We're trying to go all around the country because I think it's so important for us to get together and, um, you know, know that we aren't crazy, know that there are other people out there that are fighting for our country, that are fighting for our sovereignty and for our health. And um, so, if yeah, we've got our next one coming up in Irvine, California in January. Then I think we've got one in Texas in April. We're going to be in the Badlands in the fall. Um, I forgot what the name of the uh, I forgot what it what it's called. But anyway, it'll they, mm -hmm. those will be up on the website too. As, as the great we American restoration tour. I look, I love that you're yeah. doing that. I, are, I encourage folks. We got to get together. It's more than just delivering of media like we do. To get together strengthens us, uh, and it lets us know we are not alone, and we don't have to fall prey to the fear mongering of those who would conquer us by dividing us or having us hide in our homes or not go to houses of worship or wherever we want to go to, to yeah. celebrate life and enjoy life in one another. Uh, Kate, I appreciate you doing that. If I can help in any way, please reach out to me. If I can be at any event, let me know. Uh, we're doing lots of them in the new year as well. And uh, I'm glad to know you are. And for the first time you're here on the Robert Scott Bell show. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you. And yeah, thank you God for what you, you do too. And what you talk about, because this is this is the thing, man. If we can all get ourselves healthy and take back that element from them, when we're when we're healthy and we're feel, feeling good, we are unstoppable. We can the other stuff we can get to. Absolutely, great job, Kate. Check it out, uh, BadlandsMedia.tv, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you again. Thank you so much. Yes, and and she can make the old people jokes now about me if she wants. But uh, as I said, at 57, I'm feeling a lot better than I did at 24 because I went organic when I was 24 and never looked back. And uh, again, shout out to Nutritional Frontiers. Not only do they have the CBD that I use, the certified organic U.S. grown hemp CBD, cbdnf.com, but also these wonderful products, including the super creatine that's helped me put on muscle and uh, seriously, without even being quote unquote bodybuilding, uh, just from exercise, super creatine, you can get that RSB 15 is the discount code, 15% off uh, as well. And uh, the Cardio Miracle is keeping it going. As well, you guys know there are discounts with the with the code Bell or RSB. Check it out. There's a page Superdon has put together so you know all the deals, including the upcoming Black Friday deals. There are going to be a lot of them, extra special uh, discounts that you want to take advantage of toward the end of the calendar year. So we'll let you know about that. Shout out to my friend Bobby Orn, who's keeping my mom young at 89, heading to 90. It was, gosh, you know, it was almost a year ago in December where my mom got on the folium. Two weeks later, she called me up and said, I got energy and I'm sleeping. Is this normal? I'm like, well, that's what I was hoping. And yeah, by January 1st, she was celebrating the new year by dancing and her, her birthday on January 29th at 89. She was dancing some more. So foliumpx.com, foliumpx.com, the folium original, folium immuno, and folium relax, the three-pronged approach to break through that ceiling in your healing and achieve the results that you, you know you're ready for. You want it. And if you're hitting that wall, you want to break through it, consider Folium, foliumpx.com, RSB10 for the 10% discount. Now, we got questions of the day. We got comments of the day. And we got a homeopathic hit of the day, too, coming up before we're done today. So, Super Don, what's first? A question of the day. That looks like we got that from Carl. 
He says, hey, Don and RSB. Oh, he put Super Don first. All right. Well, this means Super Don has to answer the question first. <laughs> I recently got dental implants and the oral surgeon perforated my sinus cavity. I have since moved on to another dentist, but I got a sinus infection immediately after and went to an ENT. He said, I have an infection. He showed it on a CT prescribed antibiotics and said they likely won't work because he needs to open my sinuses to drain them. I haven't done uh, anything besides neti pots and nebulizer with silver hydrosol, food grade peroxide and iodine. I'm taking heaper sulfur and rinsing and, and, and I'm taking drops of MMS and frequency treatments. I, A, I don't want to take antibiotics. I haven't taken so much as an Advil in 12 to 15 years. However, I am nervous about the infection being close to my hard drive. <laughs> B, that's his brain. I think that's what Carl's referring to. I don't want to have surgery. I don't need to elaborate there. Any recommendations of how you'd handle this type of situation were it you? All right, Carl, Super Don's here at the ready since you posited the question to him first. What do you, what say you, Super <laughs> D? How'd that happen? That was danger, uh, boy, danger. Gosh, I don't know. Sinus infection? Mm-hmm. Well... Because he's doing a lot of great things, if you heard yeah, already. I mean, I might, I might bump it up if you if you uh, get a hold of the Argentin twenty three versus just the regular strength sovereign silver, yeah, sovereign silver. So you got it going up the nose. Yep. Um, don't don't forget that the tear ducts are also connected to the sinus uh, passages, mm -hmm. and so you can you can drop those in the eyes as well. Um, in order to to try and get oh, you know hit it from both sides, I, dude, I love the way you think, Super D. You were so you knock home runs all the time. I throw them at you, and you're like every once in a while, you're like, huh? I haven't been paying attention because you're working. But today <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, eye, ears, nose, throat, all of those areas are connected. So gargling, sniffing, snorting, dropping the silver in, as you point out, the art. You want to open those passages? Steam and heat works really good. Yep, nebulizing. You're doing yeah. a lot of that. Uh, and listen, it's not the end of the world. I'm going to say that if you have to resort to an antibiotic, but as you said, this doctor says it's not going to work because except he needs to open it up. But if you open it up with the things that you're utilizing and consistently, I would say the other things, remember some of the homeopathic hits we've done are focused on the sinus cavity. So calibichromicum. I don't know if we've done Sticta yet, S-T-I-C-T-A. I know that um, Allium Sepa is one. It may or may not be the one for you, but you can try these things safely along with the hepersulfur calcarium uh, that'll address any any kind of pus-like manifestations or infections and then just keep hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. Uh, but as I said, if, if you've never had an antibiotic for years and years and you know how dangerous they are, you can utilize them, get on, get off, and then replenish, rebuild the gut that is damaged. I'm not saying you have to do it. I just... We hear sometimes people are so opposed that they will refuse allopathic intervention when maybe it's necessary. I'm not saying it is here, but I'm saying that if it's one-off, you can recover from that. It's when it's chronic. And if you, even if you did it one-off and you didn't know the damage you did, yeah, it could be problematic for the future. But I would say stay the course, maybe a little more frequently, tap into some of the other sinus-focused remedies. And remember, connective tissue integrity, copper, 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 and silica to repair the, the actual integrity of the tissue. You can use the copper locally as well as the silver.
You can nebulize it, drop it into the nose as well. So that's what I would add into the mix there, Carl. Hopefully that's helpful to you. Please stay in touch. Let us know how you're doing. All right. Do we have another question or comment of the day? We have a comment of the day, and this is coming from uh, the guest that we had on the other day. Steven, wasn't he the, the, the attorney that filled in for Diane Miller from Correct. National Health Freedom Action? Yep. Cool. Hello, Don. I just wanted to thank you and Robert for the show today. That was two days ago. You got a nice compliment from my wife who said the podcast had a very loving environment. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Stephen O'Connor. Stephen, thank you for sharing that. And I would be hard-pressed to dispute the loving environment, of course, because your wife said it. Who are we to say it's not a loving environment? Super Don, are you confused by that? Is this a love, a loving environment on this? I, Do you I've not never feel the love when we're on the air. Is there I've, something missing? I, I don't know. I've never really thought about it that way. I guess. How deep is your love? There, that's a question, isn't it? Now you can't deny it. Hmm. <laughs> I guess I've never questioned it before. I just, you know, uh, yeah, well, but I mean, it's a nice compliment. I appreciate it. It made my heart happy. Stephen's wife saying we have a loving environment. Loving here. environment. All right. I, I, cool. I like to think, and I don't know that we always rise to the occasion. I hope we do, that even though we have to cover really brutal topics, whether they be health, healing, geopolitical, or economic, uh, that we bring, and I try to bring a perspective that drives us back to, I guess, source or point, origin point, and that is vitamin L or love. So if that was acknowledged, I don't know specifically what you, Super D, did or me. I don't know. But the fact that his wife noticed it, um, um, yeah. yeah, all right. We, we were particularly loving that day. Yeah, well, well, good. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather have a loving environment than a, yeah. a hateful environment, right? Which you can find on a lot of shows. So we d we don't get often people saying you guys are just filled with hate, <laughs> um, and that that's good because I'm not. I couldn't do his show if I was filled with hate. And even though Super D, you've seen me get angry. And I'm trying to, uh, you know, I wear my emotions. I don't know if I wear them on my sleeve, but if I feel it, I, I'm going to let you know I'm You don't want to see me angry. Yeah. I mean, I, and I acknowledge it and I try to allow it to, to work through and, and dissipate, but it isn't with the, the intent to destroy, right? It, you know, emotions can be destructive if, if you act out in blind rage. It's kind of like what we talked about, um, you know, just acting in fear, right? That, that could be considered an emotion or it triggers emotions. And then you're not thinking clearly and acting clearly or acting lovingly, yeah. so to speak. So, anger um, is a, is a, just a, as valid and an, and important uh, of an emotion than any other emotion. It's mm -hmm. not anger itself is not bad. It's it's what you do with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can you be lovingly yeah. angry? That's an interesting question. Or angrily loving? I I don't know. Anyway, how do you, but, how do you deal with it? I know, but yeah, bring the bring in the love, vitamin L on the Robert Scott Bell Show, along with the homeopathic hits that just keep on coming. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And thanks to Super D, these homeopathic hits are available as PDF download documents for free. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that's right. Free. And thank you for sharing the show. That's all I'd ask. Uh, today's hit is Arsenicum album. Arsenic. Oh, my gosh. We're dealing with something that's a heavy hitter as far as a homeopathic remedy. The remedies that are uh, 
you know, in their natural state, most toxic are often the most profound and powerful remedies when converted into a homeopathic form. And arsenicum is a very commonly used and prescribed remedy for a good purpose, a lot of good purposes. And you'll see in this homeopathic hit, it's known as the elixir for anxiety, exhaustion, and digestive distress, among other things. And these homeopathic hits are brief because we don't have time to go into every remedy, but this is a bigger one than normal, right? When you go to our Senecum album, you'll see a lot of things that it can do. Versatility is an understatement. Anxiety, digestive issues, a range of other conditions. So let's hit our Senecum album here, a compound of arsenic and oxygen as a powerful homeopathic remedy derived from arsenic or arsenic trioxide. And through a meticulous process of potentization, this toxic substance is transformed into a safe and effective remedy for various health issues. Now, if we go through some of the key characteristics, you'll see it's a little longer than some that we've done. Physical, arsenicum album, often used for conditions involving burning pains, restlessness, and a desire for warmth. It's a prominent remedy for digestive disturbances, adrenal exhaustion, allergies and respiratory issues. And if you think about your desire for warmth, I mean, if you're poisoned, you know, think about arsenic. It's like, oh man, I feel so cold. It's like you're losing your life force. Mentally, individuals needing arsenicum may also exhibit anxiety, fear of death, right? You're poisoned. You're like, am I going to die here? It's intense. It's not mild. And a strong need for order and even cleanliness. And they can be meticulous and feel insecure about their health, understandably. Uh, with a symptom picture like arsenicum provides. Now, if we go into the digestive distress, which is a big part of arsenicum's uh, benefit, it's a go-to remedy for various digestive issues, including food poisoning, nausea, gastritis, and diarrhea with burning sensations. You know, you have corrosive diarrhea. It's like, oh, there's some poison stuff trying to get out of the body. Arsenicum could be indicated. Respiratory conditions considered in cases of respiratory distress, especially when there's a cessation of suffocation. <gasps> Again, the theme of dying, you feel that coming on? Cough with burning pain and anxiety. Anxiety and restlessness are cynicum valuable for individuals experiencing restlessness, exhaustion, fear, particularly at night. Uh, night is coming to you. You know, it's arsenicum. And so we talk about low potencies and high potencies. I'll get to that in a moment. But I do want to add uh, briefly about my experience years ago with arsenicum when I ended up um, uh, flying cross country to, uh, I was in Atlanta at the time, flew to LA and met some broker representatives. I was with the homeopathic company. And that night I was scheduled to do a lecture at like seven o'clock local time, Pacific coast time. And I didn't account for the long trip, the early day. And the fact that seven o'clock in my body clock was 10 PM. I get to this uh, store. It's up in the, uh, I think the Antelope Valley of California, somewhere like Palmdale, Lancaster. And I spoke there and I'm like leaning on the, the wall, just like, I, I'm not awake here. This is not good. It's not representative of what I want to bring to a lecture. And I said, I didn't have my uh, arsenicum. I was like, arsenicum is indicated for exhaustion, adrenal or temporary fatigue like that. And I took a few pellets of uh, arsenicum. And two hours later, I was going strong in Q&A and people were going, hey, what happened to you? I said, you were falling asleep and now you're like, and I didn't even realize it happened. It happened without me even knowing it. They witnessed it. It was pretty cool. So just as an example of how you can use it for adrenal exhaustion, I don't mean to use it as a replacement for good rest and sleep, but if you need to get through something, arsenicum can trigger 
the energy back into your system. Low potency, 6X, 10X, 12X, 12C. I think I might have taken a 15X or 10X, so it wasn't even a high potency I used at that time. And you can go higher, but recognize that uh, you, you could maybe consider talking to a homeopath about that. Other remedies to consider, I've just threw a few out here. In fact, I, if I had time, I'd have thrown more on there. I'd throw, I, I would have thrown Aconitum Nepellus on this list as well, but I didn't. But Nux Vomica complements arsenicum in cases of indigestion, especially when there's irritability and desire for stimulants like coffee or spicy food, a lot of stomach issues. Carbo Vegetabilis, which we did as a recent uh, homeopathic hit, remedy for indigestion, flatulence, states of collapse and faintness. Pulsatilla, interesting choice, possibility. Uh, digestive issues indicated, changeable appetite, emotional sensitivity. But again, I'm I, I just thinking about it now as I go, aconite would have been a good one to throw on here as well. Now, as a homeopathic remedy, arsenicum is, of course, safe. It's not toxic. Please consult a homeopathic practitioner if you're going chronic or, or it's getting worse, your severity is intense, and consult someone to help you. This is not to replace a doctor should you desire one, but certainly I want to give you information education so you can make better or more fully informed decisions about the health of yourself and your loved ones, particularly your kids or even your grandkids with the homeopathic hit of the day. So I thank you so much for being here and supporting us with it. And again, it's free for you. I'd love it if you consider joining us on our Patreon uh, uh, channel, uh, if you can call it that, to be so, uh, you know ag aggressive supporters, if you will. Even as little as five bucks a month could help us out in transitioning this the website. Uh, I transitioning that weird word has become so weird, but uh, migrating it. Uh, we don't know what the bill is going to be for. It's taken a lot longer than we thought. But thank you for your consideration, your help in doing that, and you can get that download at robertscatbell.com. Super Don has placed all of these PDFs, I think in one place too, in addition to the show notes each day, we do a homeopathic hit. Am I correct in in, in this? Yep. I, yeah. try, I try and keep it current. Um, I think it is. I don't think I've got today's on there yet, but okay. uh, under the more tab. Yes. That's where you're going to find the uh, the homeopathic hits. You're mm -hmm. also going to find the Black uh, Friday specials that are coming up. Okay. And Excellent. there's a couple other placeholders there for some news uh, for, you know, I've been I've been nice to you this. Morning. Yes, you have. You've been easy I, going easy on me. Thank I have you. not, and I've been busy <laughs> too. But uh, yeah, you and me both. Once maybe maybe in December way, we'll do right. the detox dialogues. Yeah, and and I think about all that we want to do. It's just, man, we got to be kind and loving to ourselves too, Super D. Realizing yes. all that we're going through to get here. Speaking uh, maybe, of loving, I know we got to take a break. Yeah, but we're go actually ahead. running over there. But I got yeah. uh, uh, lots of comments on Rumble today. Okay. I think I think a bunch of people came over because we had uh, uh, Kate Buckley on. Oh, so all right. Pre appreciate Some people hanging out with us, and Thank hope you you'll hope that. you'll come back. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a a comment here from Marie Char, mm -hmm. and it says, "SD Superdon." Mm -hmm. Now I don't know what what comment she's referring to here, but she says my comment was meant to be in love. Mm -hmm. When I see you in pictures shaved. You look so happy, and the beard pulls your face down, making you look so sad. Do I look sad? Yeah, you look like one of those sad clowns sometimes. But what? <laughs> I don't calling know. me a clown. All right, let, let's take a break and come back. Like and I make you laugh or something. Let's, let's just like I'm here Super to entertain Don's you or sad something? clown face when we come back. The Do I make you laugh? Of the Robert Scott Bell Show commences momentarily. Am I funny? Thank you for being here. The power to heal and smile. You talking to me? Is yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How you feeling? Happy or sad? 
I'd never heard that. My described. wife likes the goatee, so it's Stan. But well, uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta let let yeah. she who must be obeyed. Yeah, rule. you know, whatever. I you know, I have kind of a baby face, or I used to anyway, as I've gotten older, you know, my it's face so cute, you just want to pinch it. I uh I, I don't know. Did you ever have a grandma or grandpa that did that to your face, pinches it? No. Not that, that I recall. A Jewish thing? Not that I recall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that stuff you saw on TV. Mm-hmm. But um yeah. Okay. So what's the response? Look, look at top comment with the sirens to explain. Oh, okay. Oh, so you got to scroll up. Okay. All right. Let me go to the sirens. Here. I can't see, see the. the okay. Here we go. So, yeah. Super Don shave. We want to see a smile. The facial hair pulls your mouth down. Okay. It's just your whiskers are heavier than normal. I'm not much of a smiler anyway. I I just I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I could show you pictures of my dad mm-hmm. and his dad, and us us nailers. We have like this this. They call it resting bitch face. <laughs> now, I, but it's it's like you, you you look like you're angry, but you're not. Mm-hmm. And it's like inside, mm-hmm. I'm just like, hey, everything's cool, having a good day, you know, go whatever, you know, like that. And and somebody, you know, every once in a while, I'll be like, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. What's wrong with you? You know, and it's just, we just have this look. It's just, it's just whatever. So it's, it's not that I'm sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, I might be tired, but, but yeah. you know, uh, I'm, I'm generally not a sad person. I just, I'm not. I remember my mom told me that when I was a baby first, I don't know, a few years of life, I never smiled. And, and, you know, if anybody knows me, I love to smile and I just smile from ear to ear as much as possible because I just find things funny or uplifting. And, and I know why I didn't, I mean, I had such pain and discomfort as a child intestinally and, and other things I, I've talked about, you know, falling asleep on the smallpox shot where it re re inoculated my, on my forehead and I had extreme migraine like pains. And so I was not in comfort in terms of a lot of my childhood. I was in pain and discomfort, constipated. Remember, I was hospitalized with constipation. How bad does it have to be if a kid can't go? So for me, it was pain that I was feeling, and so it was harder to smile. Now, obviously, as I've gotten healthier and stronger over the years, I found the ability to smile a whole lot easier. But quite honestly, what you're doing if you're in pain, you're kind of grimacing to smile. You're like, you're fighting through it just to survive it. And I know what that's like. I've been there. Uh, and so, um, you know, it's like my wife with all the 12 years of pain she suffered from uh, to, to, you know, kind of put on a brave face when people don't know it because you can't see it, uh, you know, and she's done extraordinarily well compared to where she was before. But, um, you know, that she, she talks about that resting bitch face as well that you described. And a lot of people have it. And, you know, it's not that you're, you mean to be mean or nasty or whatever, but you might be suffering. You might or it might just be the way your face is made. <laughs> or it might be that you have a heavy beard pulling your face down. Boring. It's not months. even that heavy. It's just <laughs> I don't know. So I'm gonna shave I'm gonna shave some of it in here before the for the wedding here. It'll be a true goatee, but uh whose face doesn't listen and has a mind of its own? I think mine does. I'm a cartoon character, Leslie says, but or is it Super Don's face that doesn't listen? Whose face doesn't listen? Get back to me. Film at eleven. Shut up at your face. You remember that there was a, there was a song back in the I think it was was it the seventies or maybe the eighties. Yeah. Shut up at your face. It was like an Italian. <laughs> Shut up at your face. Why are you looking so sad? Yeah. I mean, What's like the that. matter you? What's the matter you? Yeah, that's it. 
Anyone um, with RBF. Okay, your face doesn't pay attention. I understand. So what she wasn't accusing us. No, no, no. Look, listen, I appreciate the I appreciate the comment. Mm-hmm. Um, just rest assured that that uh, I'm not sad. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you, I'm laughing inside most of the On time. The inside. Yes. You're just a bowl full of chuckles. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Are you going to be laughing or crying once the, the, the wedding's done? Uh, there will be some tear. I like, I'm just that kind of guy. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I always yeah. have. Um, so are we going to stream it live and watch you cry? At so, the wedding? well, I, it's not going to zoom in or anything like that. It's in fact, it's going to be this camera right here. Okay. Uh, and it's just going to be kind wedding. of just a distant shot so that right. you'll be able to see, you know, what's going on. Will we and be able it, to hear anything? Um, can't remember if this webcam has a I don't I don't think it it's has a microphone, microphone. so I'll probably have to bring something something else so there will be there will be some well actually mm-hmm. now that you mention it yes what we're doing is we're going to be piping in the sound from the DJ's uh uh equipment okay into the computer so yes there will be sound you'll be able to hear it it'll be because we're gonna have everybody mic'd yeah. for the you know for the vows and, and all that gotcha. kind of stuff so Cool. Well, don't yeah. get us banned again on YouTube for the the secret YouTube channel for that because we won't we won't be talking about vaccines or okay. the World Health Organization. So <laughs> we should be we should be good. So if you felt picked on, now I'm I'm going to join in. Not picking on you, but now my mom is picking on me. She oh. says, Scotty, the unshaven face makes you look old. I like it better oh, when boy. you shave. Here we go, man. This love is discrimination. Anyway. Love you anyway, she says. Well, I love I, you too, mom, and. I know that's true, dude. You have been scruffy for a while. Yeah, I, I. Well, you know, every time about this time of the year, I just get so tired of shaving, even though I don't have to shave often because I've got a baby face and I don't grow hair fast. I still go, all right, I'm done. I'm just, I'm done for now. And then eventually, I go, all right, I'm done with the not doing it, and then I'll shave again. So you just got to roll with it. Um, so no shave November. That's it, right? Are we in November still? Yeah, they call it Movember. Movember. Yeah, it does make you look old. Thank you, Lori. Well, look, I got to. I got a baby face. How am I going to look my age? It's just like crazy. You know, they don't know. <laughs> Do you uh, your Leslie age? says, my mom sounds like James's mom. She doesn't like him to have facial hair. <laughs> you know, the things we put up with. We got to yeah, let us do something. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Come on. We're grown. We're grown men, I think. So, uh, yeah, but it, like I said, every once in a while, I just let it go out. Some people like it. Some people don't. I'm like, I'll roll with it until it becomes annoying to me. And that point, it's done and it's gone until the next round. So we'll see. Keeps your face warm in the winter, doesn't it? A little insulation. Not very efficient, but. Or if you want to grow icicles. It looks cool, you know? Got to do the manly thing once in a while. Yeah, Exactly. All right, I think we covered everything. Kate was great, and of course, Jonathan draw, uh, joined us by phone. He had a lot. I love it. You know, Jonathan knows history and quotes like uh, Michael Bolden. They go they go back into the history books to the founders and uh, bring out some pretty obscure quotes that I had some I'd never heard. And I am fascinated by that because the you know the deep dive into that history puts perspective on what they were thinking, and we got to bring that out so that we don't misinterpret. You know what 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 was freedom really? Because here. We have people believing we're a democracy, and and they don't even know the the definition of the word really, and the fact that we don't have that form of government, or we aren't supposed to, and it matters ultimately because if you don't care, 
about words and their definitions or original intent and meaning, then I guess, you know, you can make the Constitution mean whatever you want, and therefore you can have, well, it's really, they were promoting communism or socialism, which a lot of folks apparently believe. So word origin is important. Oh, Lori has a comment here. Let me see what this says. Uh, when my husband had a lot of facial hair, I would say, Mr. Scruffy has been here too long. He needs to be bye-bye for a while. Yes, exactly. Yeah, those are the games people play, married couples play. You can have it for a little while, but now it's time to go bye-bye. You've had your fun. <laughs> Thanks for indulging me. Mom. But mom, but honey. So what else is going on here? Any other uh, comments from Rumble or any other breaking news we need to cover in our own loving way? Well, let's see here. I mean, there were a lot of, let's see. Let me scroll up. This is like a record for us on comments, I think. Well, we're on three to five Eastern time every day. Plus then, as you can see, we're well past five now in our bonus round. But Lots of Kate fans. She was, she was cool. I'd like to get her back on again. Yeah, she's a bright light. Absolutely. Yeah. Enjoyed having her on. And have her go more in depth um, on on stuff. Although she got me, though. She got me, a, and, and I, I didn't jump in because I just, you know, it was, uh, I just wanted you guys to keep doing what you were doing. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she made the comment, everything is fake. Yeah. And I heard that. And it triggered That me. triggered you, yeah. Because uh, it's just like, <sighs> Yeah, my you know my question is, and and I maybe I'll bring ask, ask this to her next time mm -hmm. she's on. But yeah. I've known a lot of people that um, they they go down the the the, the quote rabbit hole, mm -hmm. and they get lost. And that ha you know I think that there's yeah. yeah well I mean and, and there's there's I think some I know people, people they, have done that. And, yeah, and yeah I, you know what I'm talking about. And I know how it happens too. Yeah. Uh, you know. I've been down that rabbit hole. And the question is, that's why I asked her, how did you not get lost? Is there such a thing? Because, you know, I, I I completely subscribe to the idea of question everything, right? Mm -hmm. But there should be like an asterisk <laughs> mm -hmm. next to that somewhere. Because is there such a thing as, as questioning too much? Mm. Is, is, is it possible to get lost in that situation to where you completely lose touch with reality because you think that reality doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm totally yeah. serious. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm totally serious about that because I, I've met people that uh, have, have completely just yeah. nothing is real. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you can't exist in a world where nothing is real because you'll lose your mind. <laughs> Something has to be real. Yeah. You know? Um, and it, it can, it can go way, it can go far. It really can, um, too far. Yeah. So, and not to, not to, um, offend anybody. Cause I understand, I understand the concept I do. I, you know, there's very few things that I, I haven't questioned. Now there are some things that I have just chosen to come to terms with, mm -hmm. uh, because I like, I want to protect my sanity, but, uh, I think sometimes people can take it too far. Yeah. Um, all right. Super Don, you look great. Do not worry. Thank you, Barbara. Mm -hmm. Thank you. See, I have a fan. Um, Barbara also wants to ask, uh, let me put this up on the screen. Mm -hmm. Can I ask about cell salts? What mm -hmm. do you think about them versus regular homeopathy? What's the difference? 
No, I didn't say she could ask about them, though. She asked, and I said no. Oh. It's too late. Sorry, Barbara. You're no, out of here. Teasing, Barbara. Bye. Of course you can ask about them. <laughs> <laughs> I love cell salts, bioplasma, Schussler salt, cell salts. Uh, I don't think... So what are cell salts? Help, help, help I, me out here. Yeah, they're the... Basically, when you... When you burn the body to a crisp, you're left with elements. And these are these salts they talk about, the Schussler salts that, and it isn't the point that they, we're going to burn the body and make it to a homeopathic remedy. But, they, they, you know, it was known in the scientific realm. These are the things that you kind of found at the end. And so the essential makeup of our, you know, physical essence and the bioplasma, the cell salts are those things that you can see. They also have uh, place and space in the Materia Medica as regular homeopathic remedies as well, but they're key to specifically, you know, the 12 cell salts or a combination of all of them. And they're absolutely wonderful. You can certainly indicate their use by going to each individual and saying, hey, do I need this? Do I need that? And you can also throw them all in as kind of a baseline. It's almost like a homeopathic remineralization of the body for the metabolism. And people try them and they're like, wow, this is the cure for everything because hmm. it helps so many things. And there's nothing wrong with utilizing them that way because it's kind of a, a almost a, a nutritional homeopathic approach. Dare I say that, not to be sacrilegious or anything, but that's kind of the way to go. So I don't look at it as either or, but as an adjunct to anything and everything in terms of your nutrition and or homeopathic approach to life. So we might do a, a longer version of that some other time. But, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, Jim, otherwise known as Cetro Spotlight, has jumped into the fray. Yes. Um, he accused me of going woo-woo. I, so? I hate that term. How do I've you always thought that, that. That was when I was first looking at, at, at the, 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 the capital S skeptics, mm -hmm. and I came across that. I'm like, woo-woo? Yeah. What the hell is woo-woo? You know? What, is, what a stupid thing to say. What it do, I mean, it's just like, what, what? are you talking to an infant? Woo-woo? Well, Whatever. the question anyway. is, what is it specifically that he claims? I think it was when we were talking about you know questioning everything or whatever, but. That's woo-woo. I'm so anti-woo-woo. All right. Questioning everything. Yeah. Uh, what was that? What was it? Was John Mellicamp uh, had a, an album. I think it was called Nothing Matters and What If It Did? Kind of like <laughs> in that realm. Um, yeah. But yeah, the question everything, I don't mind that. That's sort of like the George Carlin school a little bit, but it's about critical thinking. It's not about determining that nothing is real. Although if you get into spiritual discussions, uh, we talk about Maya, which is, you know, I think, I don't know if that's Sanskrit or not, but a word means illusion, that we live in the lands of illusion, of the world of illusion below a certain plane or, or vibration of existence. And so reality is very malleable here, we find. You know, we think it's all solid and stuff, and like then, then things happen, you go, well, how solid is it really? And if you go into the physics of it, the quantum physics of it, you find that, you know, all matter that you think is solid is actually moving at a, a rate that is slow enough to, appear solid. So there are discussions of reality that are worth having that you don't need to smoke a doobie to get. But I guess if you're into that, maybe you can get more philosophical about it. Uh, but I think question everything is not a bad starting point. What is that? He says, he, he says the haircut has got skeptic Don in a tizzy. What? My antenna's gone. Whatever. Who says <laughs> your antenna's gone? That's Jim. Oh, yeah, that's right. We you know, about the here's the thing. thing. For the majority of my life, I wore a uh, uh, flat top. That's right. I've seen I, pictures. Yeah. So, and even even like when 
you know, we first met them for the majority of the time. The the thing with the long hair, that was something I just did over the last year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. So my antenna is just fine. <laughs> I, I have an internal antenna. But, um, oh, you know, Jim, speaking of Jim here, um, you know, he likes to call you the homeopathic hitman. <laughs> yes. And it's yesterday funny. I was playing around and mm. I uh, I came up with with what I think is kind of kind of a cool uh representation mm-hmm. of a homeopathic hitman. How do you like this guy here? <laughs> homeopathic hitman. It's got a cannabis leaf on it, interestingly yeah, enough. Cannabis go. is a homeopathic remedy as well. Uh let's see, you got the gun, but the bullet should be like pellets. It should be like a pellet gun. A pellet gun. There shooting you go. homeopathic pellets instead of nine millimeter. Or we give it like one of those what what was the what was that uh that gun, that, that thing, the, the Brina, Brina, Oh Brina? yeah, the Burna. Burna. Yeah. That's it what it was. Big, large pellets. Or really big pellets. Yeah. There used to be ones we could have as kids that shot little rubber BBs. You remember those? Airsoft. Spring loaded. Airsoft guns. I don't know. It was way before. Way airsoft. before when that. We kids, okay. When we were kids, the things yeah. that you could shoot your eye out with that weren't actual BBs, but you know they were sort of rubber pellets. Mm. We used to shoot each other as kids with it. I mean, it's like. Did you ever? Thing, did you did you ever have? I think it was. I want to say it was. Maybe it was branded like Star Trek or something like that. But they had these ones that shot these plastic discs. Oh yeah, I do remember those. Do you remember yeah. those? Yeah, I do. Yeah, those those hurt. were cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those were cool. It's amazing that we survived childhood. I know. Yeah. Everybody always, you know, the one that everybody brings up is lawn darts. Oh, good Lord. They, I mean, they were genuinely very dangerous. I have to acknowledge. I and mean, that's what made it fun. They come down, they go through your skull. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. So it's true. I don't know. Hmm. We did survive. We didn't have seat belts and, you know, had ramps that we drove our bikes on and, yeah. you know, evil Knievel, right? Everybody wanted to be evil Knievel. <laughs> yeah. We had one of those too. The, 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 the thing that you just, I don't know how to say it, but it just shoots out and, and then you jump stuff with it. And we were evil Knievel and we'd wreck and get hurt, ourselves hurt. Well, anyway, so Jim, that's, I was thinking of you yesterday when I created that homeopathic hitman. All right. Uh, let's see here. Mary Gabriel, did anyone see the Maya Kalowski court case verdict? She was medically kidnapped, and Netflix made a documentary about it. Not familiar with that one. Maya Kalowski, it's on Netflix. Huh? Oh, mm. speaking of Netflix. Yeah. Um, almost. I haven't had time just because everything's so crazy right now. Yeah. But uh, I saw that uh, Burt Kreishner's The Machine uh, on, on Netflix. And it was funny because I, I told my wife, I was like, you know, we need to watch this because it's, it's. Did she ever hear the routine that he did? Well, I was going to say that in last night I was trying to explain to her what it was. And then, and then I was like, well, so I just looked it up on YouTube and played it for her. Okay. And we watched the bit. Did, and, you, oh, did that she find is so it funny though? Did she? Oh yeah. Yeah. She was cracking up. So oh, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to watching that. And I think yeah. it's especially cool. They've got Mark Hamill playing his dad. That was wild. That yeah. was really wild. The so did point. you watch it? Nancy and I, my wife and I watched it the other night. How was know. it? Is it worth watching? I, it was funny. I mean, uh, okay. look, I like Burt Kreischer. I think it, it was yeah. absurd and silly and everything else in between. And, you know, I like those kind of movies. I mean, it's not highbrow entertainment for those of you who are like hoity-toity on intellectual movies. Well, it's only. the humor. It's if, humor if you've yeah. ever seen uh, Burt Kreischer, comedian, yeah. stand-up comedian, um, and, and his his uh, his trademark is he, he 
does his routine with his shirt off. Mm-hmm. And he's got like a beer gut, you know, and, and, and stuff. And it's it's just funny. But if you have you ever seen him when he gets together with Tom Segura? And they, they, they there's a podcast. It's called Two Bears, One Cave. Mm-hmm. And the two of them get together. And are you familiar with Tom Segura, comedian? Not as much, but I oh, think I've seen him. Those two together, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. How funny, how funny that is. So you want to, you want to look that up, but anyway, tangents, yeah, tangents everywhere we in bonus those, time today, especially during the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell show. So, Take care of Maya. It's called the documentary about a medical kidnapping. Okay. I'll have to write that down. And Maya, remember, is also the word, as I mentioned, for illusion. And we, we were talking about the world of illusion, how reality can bend to your beliefs. And your beliefs impact how you perceive reality, much less reality itself. And you get into esoteric discussions of what is real and what isn't. And then Super Don gets mad at you because you question everything. Look at that face. That's not what I said. That's not what you said? No. I, 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 I simply beard. asked the question, is it possible to go too far? I think it is. Okay. I would say that if you're going to go down that rabbit hole, uh, take a friend. Yeah, do not cross this line. Or at time. least, you know, tie yeah. something to your, your belt loop. You got to so find that, a way to ground. And that for me was yeah. very much my spiritual, my relationship to the great spirit, to God. And that's what helped me to gain balance or not lose my balance, even though it felt like I was teetering on the edge because there's some crazy stuff that goes on on this planet. You don't want to know, some of which we do discuss and you do know, but how do you deal with it, right? How do you deal with it? You got to find a spiritual uh, relationship pull you out of those times and situations. So, all right, let's see what else is going on. All right. So let's take a look at, uh, what we got going on to, we're almost done with this week. One more day, right? Wow. And we're halfway through the month already. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow we've got Edward Bartlett on GOP presidential candidates agree on abolishing the department of education. Can they Edward Bartlett is the founder of save, Mm-hmm. An organization focused on fairness and due process on college campuses. So we will have him on. Looks like in hour two, Very hour cool. one is wide open, and uh, we'll be recording tomorrow for Monday show, which is going to be um, something. I don't know because <laughs> I am taking Monday off. That's right. We got to get some something in the can before then. Yeah. So, so well, we'll we got take care a of that. Bit of work for us. And uh, it was so cool yesterday having Kimberly Overton on from Columbia, South America, and the fact that it's a warm up for us, for me to be there to broadcast for live you, yeah. early December. So that's coming up. Mountains of Hope. Um, this is going to be cool. <clears throat> I think uh, I talked to Brian Artis uh, as well. Dr. Artis and his wife Jane will be there. Uh, I think he said Henry Ely is going to be there. Dr. Ely. Whoa, that's going to be cool. And I think Dr. Ed Group and his wife's going to be there. This is going to be an all-star cast. Uh, They're probably not going to want to work like I will. You know, I'm like, I've got to do a broadcast. Oh, no, I don't want to do anything, right? I'm wondering if I'm going to go, uh, Superdome, can you take care of the show today? Or if I can do it from the plunge pool or something. (laughs) You should go out in the jungle. I guess, in the Andes. See what's up there. See what's out there. By the way, back in the day, you know, because when we were younger, um, Mm -hmm. um, back in the 70s and the 80s and stuff like that, the Medellin cartel, Yeah, I I was trying to remember what was the name of the guy, right? 
the yeah. guy, it was Pablo Escobar. Escobar, that was the name, right? That was the guy that was a leader of that, mm-hmm. that uh, cartel there. I guess it ended in 93. Yeah, now um, they're saying Medellin is safer than New York, New Orleans. Safer than New Orleans, yeah. 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 Crying, dude, crime is so bad in this country right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's can, I don't know. Wasn't it's, that interesting, though, about what Jonathan was saying about the two victories that the Republicans had in Northern Virginia? Mm-hmm. It was both related, one, to the gender issue of, like, men claiming to be women and going in and just being places they shouldn't be. All right. And then the other one was the crime issue. It's like, uh, if you're a Democrat and you work for a living, do you want people to come in and steal and break your stuff and there's no recourse? I don't think so. So I think there is a path to victory, even if we can't raise George Soros-level money like Tim Kaine will. There is a way he can win, even in Northern Virginia. So I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Yeah, you got to find those silver linings, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, that's all I've got for today. Okay. Anything else? Any other questions, comments before we wrap it up today, y'all? Another good homeopathic hit, our Senecum album today. I don't know what it'll be tomorrow. Super Don, send it my way, and we'll work you on know, it. You um, know, we're working through the list pretty good. Are we? I, I might have to, like, uh, let me see where we're at now. You'll have to expand the list, but there are hundreds, dude. Oh, I know, but it's like I had to just like create, uh, let's see, where are we at here? Okay, so I know I, I'm about halfway through my list. Okay. We've done 20, yeah, I don't even know how many we've done. I thought we're in the 30s by now. So tomorrow, if you would like, a, yeah. a sneak peek Yeah. Uh, is one I'm not familiar with. It's Bellis. Perennis. Perennis. Yeah, I mentioned it yesterday. Did you not pay attention? No. It was one of my adjuncts I added into the mix. The daisy? Okay. It's a great remedy. So uh, it's a good one. Yeah, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we'll see if anybody else comments on Super Don's beard or lack of hair on the back of his head or my <laughs> scruffiness. Because, you know, we live for your commentary about our prominent features. Uh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> Thank you all for being here. Appreciate it so much. Again, thanks to Nutritional Frontiers. Thank you so much to Trinity School of Natural Health. Thank you to Folium Products, foliumpx.com. Also, remember the satellite phone store? Super Don, do you have a banner up for that? It's become more and more critical to have backup communications. And we had uh, Kevin call in from Israel on the satellite phone, and he was on the show. And you guys can get it. And the phone is free with, you know, sign up for a year. And all of the minutes roll over. And that's really good because you might not be planning to use the satellite phone until an emergency. And when that emergency hits, you want to have access to all the minutes you can. Yep. Uh, so um, check it out. And I think, Super Don, there's a banner, right? I don't I know if I put, actually, if I put one on, uh, but I will get one up. Okay. Yep. So things you can think about in terms of the holiday gift given at the end of the year. Uh, what are you going to do health-wise? preparation-wise, et cetera. We'll be bringing those out. And Super Don, maybe tomorrow, since it is Friday, we can do a sneak preview on some of the Black Friday deals that you have in store for us. Yeah, I'll, uh, I've will i only got a couple uh, so far. Okay. But um, I'll see if I can dig some up, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Even if it's just a couple, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for being here. Great show. Appreciate you. And uh, thanks for all you all on Rumble, including the woo-woo comment. Makes me laugh anyway. <laughs> Even though Super Don will be in a foul mood tomorrow because of it. Nah. <laughs> <laughs>
I will, I will, I will shave some tomorrow, so I'll look happier. Okay. Are you are you supposed to shave totally for the the wedding? No, you're no, not. Okay. But right. I'm, no, I'm kind of under, under orders. I'm scruffy, so yeah. Clean it up to, a little bit. I have to go get those unscruffy uppelgisses. I don't know whatever the technology is to do that, but. Thank you all for being here. Once again, we'll see you tomorrow. God willing, less than 22 hours from now.